Well, hello there, dead and lovely listeners, and welcome to the newest installment of the greatest horror movie review podcast in all the known multiverse, Why It's Dead and Lovely, here with your best pals in the entire galaxy, Why It's Me, Uncle Ben. And it's me, Hollywood Steve. And we are here today to be chatting about the really, really fucking awesome movie, It Follows. It Follows. But of course, before we do that, we're going to bullshit and chit-chat and catch up with what we've been doing because this whole podcast is just a thinly veiled (laughs) cover-up for us just to hang out every now and then. That's true. So if it's your first time listening to the show and you just want to get to the movie, look in the the, description description. of the podcast. We always put when the movie discussion begins. Yeah, so you can just get right to it if you want. But we ain't in no hurry. You in a hurry, Steve? No, I have nowhere to be. Up the gym. I'm taking Gotta the scenic go work route. Out, get them gains. Get them fucking gains, dude. I've been getting me some Chris gains going on in yeah. the gym. Yeah, I've been getting sadder I and sadder. Did, I noticed you got a little like a uh, little uh, getting that soul thing patch. going. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that going uh-huh. on. You know, gonna dye my hair black. Yeah, you're gonna you gonna flat iron it. Full put gains. It in your eye. Yeah. Full gains, man. <laughs> Although you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just put some some no shit dumbass advice out yeah. there. Uh, if you're a person who uh, wrestles with depression on and yeah. off as I am. Right. I'm gonna tell you what. Exercise helps a lot. It does. Um, also, don't drink a whole lot. That no. makes it a lot worse. It does. It does. <laughs> I'll tell you that from experience. I, I, it's also helped with my anxiety a good bit. Not that it's made it go away. But Dude, this podcast is a lot better. It's just gonna become like two bros talking about their gains all the yeah. time. And be like, Do you watch Bro. some? No, I didn't even watch anything. I was in I the was gym. Just in the gym. Man. All right. I'll see you next week. Staring weekend. at my biceps. <laughs> It just becomes this like vanity project uh-huh. of us like checking out our bods. Hell yeah. <laughs> just please, just everybody that's listening, fucking, you know, internet slap me if I ever go to post up videos and be lifting up heavy things. <laughs> don't let me do that, please. Okay. Please don't let me do I that. Won't. How you been this week, Steve? I've been great. Yeah, what's been lifting up? heavy things. <laughs> uh, Picture it didn't happen, dude. <laughs> I actually um I actually went to the doctor. Uh, as I said, maybe couple months ago i was going to the doctor in february to check up did they give you the news i said doctor doctor give me the news and she said that i had a bad case of losing a lot of weight Uh uh-oh yeah (laughs) well i think that's probably a better case no she was like dude you lost a whole lot of weight gave me a high five uh my doctor's the best she's great she works with the u.s like uh weightlifting team the like olympic team yeah uh, so I, I go to her for my advice on what to do. And I, I went to her and I was like, okay, so I'm, I was, I'm 205 now. I've lost a total of 85 pounds. Nice. Yeah. Killer, man. Uh, in less than a year too, right? Less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. Badass. The first 12 pounds took a few months, but then, uh, beginning in July was when I, I started doing uh, a diet that she gave me. And since then lost 73 pounds how much skinny girl vodka is involved in this plan uh there was a lot of vodka involved (laughs) along the way uh recently though i've stopped drinking except for the show wow impressive yeah and and i'll probably keep it up until my anniversary man you've always been one of those people though that can just flip a switch and be like i'm not doing this anymore yeah you know yeah that's true which uh means that it Anytime you see me like just going all out, that means I made the choice to do it. So I'm the asshole. Don't, You're going, you don't know what? let it be an excuse. Fuck I'm tomorrow the morning. Yeah. I'm sleeping in. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome with your doctor if like, you know, several months on down the road when things are getting like right where you want mm-hmm. them to be, she like 
has you do this ultimate test to prove that you don't need her anymore. And she's like, lift me. I could. You have to she's lift little. your doctor. <laughs> I could easily okay, lift right, her. Right. She's little. <laughs> well, um, what if she's wearing a heavy backpack? Okay, then there we go. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm looking forward to fitting this beer in this glass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's about yes. time to get ourselves a pool here. This came to us from the Pacific Northwest. That's right. Jason from our and good Miles friends. sent us this, along with some awesome art that oh we're Oh, my post. God, dude. Yeah. That art. <laughs> that I think Miles did it. Looks absolutely fucking awesome. I can't wait for you guys to see so it. It's awesome. an homage to one of our absolute favorite horror flicks. So this is and dude, he you just absolutely nailed it. It yeah, looks so fucking so awesome. So this is from Portland. This is a Great Notion Brewing Double Fudge Coconut Brownie. Oh yeah. I'm excited for this. Eleven point five percent alcohol. I was noticing ben. that as I was pouring <laughs> it, and I'm like, I'm glad we're both just having a pint. <laughs> exactly. They sent us all kinds of stuff, and there was one beer casualty along oh, the way. Man. One of them didn't make it. Actually, though, that's honestly, our first beer casualty. That's the first one. Yeah. I think those odds are pretty good. The box was pretty super beaten up and stuff. And yeah. again, I'm gonna commend you guys because of the the job that you did wrapping those things up in individual bags and stuff. It did not soak the rest or go through the box or anything like that. So, you guys are some beer smuggling pros. Hell yeah. It was one of the French toast uh, stouts, like liquid French oh, toast. One of shame. those went down. But dude, I'll tell you what. As soon as I opened up the box, I was like, oh my God, it smells like breakfast. That's awesome. We still have one left, so we're going to okay, split yeah. it eventually. But for now, let's get into this thing oh, right here. Great. It smells amazing, and it's black as night. It is super dark. I think this is going to suit this nasty, cold, rainy winter day that we have right here. Is that like drinking fine dessert right there? It is. It is a brown. It's, it's got very much a brownie wow. feel to it because it's it's got kind of like that. I don't know, like the cocoa flavor, but it's also got a kind of thickness to it. It on does. The tongue, like not a lot of behind. coconut. Honestly, not a lot of coconut. A lot yeah. of brownie. A whole no, which lot is of brownie. Great, dude. I'll tell you what, man. Next time that you're down and we go to like Merchants Ooh, of Beer yeah. down here in Knoxville, uh -huh. they just got an untitled art chocolate peanut butter stout. I love that's untitled 12%. art. Every untitled art thing we've had. Yeah. Has been, well, there was There's that the one, one I didn't like. That you didn't like. Yeah, but uh, Lindsay and I liked yeah, it. Yeah, all the other ones have been fucking amazing. And yeah. this one is no different. It is, I swear, the best peanut butter chocolate stout I've ever had awesome. by a mile. Love. I really uh, like the one that Tailgate does out of mm -hmm. Nashville. That one's really good. That one is great. But this untitled art one is unfucking real. This, this beer has got is something great. to it that um, there's another flavor in there. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite identifying yeah. yet. I guess it maybe it is the coconut, but it's not. It's not coconutty. It's yeah. Just, uh, there's something else in there. Yeah. It's and it's kind of it's kind of taming the sweetness down a little bit uh -huh, for me too. Yeah. It's not overly sweet, but it still tastes like cocoa. It's got that good fudgy mm -hmm. cocoa-ness. That's fucking delicious thank you guys so much and yeah. if you guys have some beers of your town that you'd like to send us be sure to drop us an email oh uh dead and lovely pot at gmail.com yeah and we'll hook you up with an address you guys can send us the finest brews your town has to offer and we'll oh, have yeah. them here on the show well steve you've been watching anything good this week Yes, I have. Watched some good things, huh? I did. Tell I watched about. Zombieland 2 Double Tap. I am dying to know if it's any good. Cause it is. It's fun. We love the first one over yeah. here on this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, You love the first one. Uh, this is just a continuation of that story. I would say don't go into it expecting it to be uh, the most amazing thing in the world. It's just good and fun. Well, that's kind of the thing. It has that, uh, that, that Shrek effect where it's yeah. like the introduction, you can only do it once. Right. And then after that, just keep going with the story. Right, and the story's fun and interesting, and uh, yeah, I mean, you get to see them living in the White House, uh, doing the type of stuff you would do 
if you were the last people on earth right like because they didn't get to do that so much in the first one it was more about right. survival but by this point it's been so long like they've they've figured it out I'll and definitely so, yeah. have to check it out, man. Does that have some good gore and kills and yeah. shit in it? Yeah, great kills. Some good funnies. Really fun. Some yuck yucks. Really funny. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Middleditch is in there. Uh, what's his name? Luke Wilson. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't mm-hmm. Luke Wilson in there? Mm-hmm. Nice, man. Well, that's definitely one that I've got to watch. What else have you been checking out? Castle Rock Season 2. Also been wondering about this. A lot of people yes. told me that it's fucking great. It's fucking yeah? awesome. Did you it watch all of so it? so good. All of it. Damn. Yeah. yeah, well, I, I started watching it like a month ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, right on. I, I, I didn't want to report back on it until I had watched it all. Gotcha. Uh, so good. How's uh, it stack up to the first season? I think, okay. I I would say I think that maybe it's better than the first season because you get a genuine resolution to the story being told in the season. But... It also expands on the first season and makes the first season more interesting. Okay, because that's that was yeah. my thing with the first season is like I thought it was extremely engaging and super yeah. interesting, and I was just fascinated to know like what the fuck is going to happen right. next. And then it all peaked at that episode that was all about um, uh, Sissy Sissy Spacek. Spacek, yeah, where she's looking for the the queen from the chess set. Yeah, and it's dude, basically dude. her going through all of her different Holy weird shit. memories. That yeah. episode was phenomenal, and then after that. It was like I guess J.J. Abrams wrote this show. No, and I didn't see, like that it. was the thing. That's the thing is once you see season two, you start to realize like, oh, like we all were expecting too much from a season one. Like we were expecting a conclusion, right? But the the it's show is a is a show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there, uh, season two, Lizzie Kaplan is fucking amazing. Yeah, she's so good. It's just so good. Um, I can't remember the name of the girl who is her daughter joy in it but she she was in that movie eighth grade that bo burnham did okay uh and also tim robbins is in it he's fucking great in it uh barkad abdi the guy who played uh the the somali pirate in the tom hanks movie oh the guy right. who says i am the captain now <laughs> yeah him and, and the girl who plays his sister she's so good like it, it basically amazing cast uh, really interesting story. A couple of things going on. Also, some stuff like revealing more about the first season. So, okay, like, cool. It, it really does set up more of a story and expands more on the story and makes you realize, like, oh, Castle Rock is going to be a very interesting anthology series that also has a through line. Gotcha, man. Yeah. And are there a lot of like you know King verse Easter eggs for Stephen yes, King fans all yeah. over the place, including uh, in a parade scene, you see Christine. No way! Yeah. Oh, that's fucking like, rad, man. Yeah, like I, I don't know cool. if it was the exact car, one of the exact cars they used in the, Fury. the the actual movie, but it definitely is the. That's Plymouth really Fury, cool. Yeah. I understand. Like Misery plays a big part in this yes. too, right? Yes. I mean that Lizzie Kaplan is playing Kathy Bates' character, from and I've heard Misery. she channels her character. She's great, so right? fucking good, dude. She like Lizzie Kaplan is amazing any way it goes, but like. This is the first time I've seen her like really, really stretch as an actress. And nice, she's fucking amazing, man. We got to do misery on the show sometime yes. too. Yeah, that's actually what I was gonna say. Actually, maybe we could throw it in next month. Yeah, we could. Maybe yeah, we could do that. It's a good idea. Actually, it is a good idea. Kind of works for like winter snowed yeah. in and stuff. And it's and a- also it's a good woman's month thing. I mean, 
she is the fucking antagonist. Oh yeah, she's the badass. In it. It's <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, we should do that. That's yeah, a cool. Do it. One. Yeah, 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 definitely. So that's cool, man. Well, I definitely want to watch that now. Like I said, I, I liked the first season up to a point. But now that you're saying that the things that happen in the second season kind of flesh it out mm-hmm. and stuff, that makes me yeah. a little bit more interested. Just a little bit. Not too much. Not not too much of leaning back on like your interest in the first season. More of like, a st- especially in the first few episodes, establishing this is the story we're telling now. But then like every once in a while, you'll hear like the warden's name and stuff about the That's warden. Cool. And then like more and more starts coming out. And then by the end, it's more much more of an integral part of the second season so, nice man ah yeah. oh, gotta watch it man dude i've had myself also a pretty good week of watching some good shit yeah oh, i've had myself it. two big firsts my cherry is just obliterated mm-hmm. 10 different ways till sunday by these two new things that i've watched this week that beer is sick right yeah i'm it, very it almost has like very a cherry happy flavor it. to it too a little bit. maybe that's a little bit of that. Really also, good. i can't believe this is 11 and a half percent yeah it does not taste that way there is something yeah. about like all that all that chocolate flavor that yeah. I guess somehow buries the taste of booze. And also because I uh, have not been drinking much at all. <laughs> You're in the feeling past, that already. I'm already right? feeling it. Well, yeah. you probably also haven't like eaten today, have I you? I have not. I have my first <laughs> meals right here. I get to have it in about 15 minutes. That's so. amazing, dude. Okay, so I started my week off by watching something that I posted it up on the Instagram and everybody was like, shame on you for not watching right. this. Mm-hmm. And I have gotten this sentiment many times in my life from my friends. And now... I understand why, because I will absolutely shame and hound the next person I talk to that hasn't watched Big Trouble in Little China. I know it's the best fucking movie, right, dude? I think about you are now. There's 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 pre Big Trouble in Little China been and post Big Trouble in Little China. Oh yeah, Yeah. this is a turning point for Uh me. (laughs) I had somehow never watched this movie. And I don't know how I had it confused with Romancing the Stone. Oh. And I was like, oh, you know I've what? seen that. I can actually see that from the covers. The posters and yeah. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like yeah. 80s action, whatever. Yeah, I can see you confusing those two and uh, Temple of Doom. Totally. Like those, yes. All three of those kind of had the similar I covers. don't know why I thought that that was that movie, but huh. somehow I'd gone all this time and yeah. never watched it. And now, dude, I think back on like all the nights that I've spent like doing something pointless, like practicing guitar writing songs <laughs> when i could have been watching big trouble in little china big trouble in little china that's true but now i know what i'm going to do every other free night yeah. that i have in my entire life which is mm. re-watch this movie for a sure. million times and we're definitely doing it on the show even though it's not a horror movie it's a movie for horror fans yeah. you know is there another john carpenter movie that's not a horror movie at all surely i guess the elvis biopic yeah but yeah. that was a made for tv thing that's it seems Dude, to me I was not expecting this movie to be as much of just a fucking Saturday afternoon kung kung fu fest. It's so fun. As it is. Yeah. Also, I didn't know that like the entire inspiration for the character of Raiden in Mortal Kombat Uh is right here in this movie. Yes. Like it's so obvious to Uh me now. He in every way, (laughs) Raiden is one of the dudes in big trouble. And Kurt Russell is just John Wayne God in the movie. He's like, Kurt Russell. The way he talks, the whole movie. This yeah. is my John Wayne impression. So- the way he talks <laughs> is just like John Wayne. I sound like Microsoft Sam. <laughs> That's Microsoft doing, John. That is. I kept doing this this morning for some reason. You could have had a bad bitch. <laughs> is that your Lizzo impression? Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty my, good. That's my Lizzo if she were a 40-year-old white lady from Minnesota. <laughs> you could have had a bad bitch, Hank. 
<laughs> I don't want to take a peek into that alternate universe nope. where that is Lizzo. Nope. <laughs> Not interested. Yeah, Big Trouble Little China, man. I, I completely get it now. I completely get why people have been like, what the fuck? Why haven't you watched this? You're yeah. going to love this movie because I... Yeah, it's right up your alley. That yeah. fucking movie, man. And it has so many great special effects it and does. stuff it's in really it, too. Cool. And it's 80s as fuck. Like, uh-huh. I can barely think of a more <laughs> 80s so movie. 80s. Off the top of my head. It was head, one man. I loved as a kid and uh, didn't realize until I was in my 20s that it was a John Carpenter movie. Right. Like, I, I, it, that was, it was around the time that I was really, like, getting into, like, horror and paying attention to directors and writers and stuff and just going through John Carpenter's filmography and seeing Big Trouble in Little China and being like, holy shit, he directed yeah, that too? That that this guy? man is God. It's crazy too because yeah. it doesn't really feel that much like a Carpenter no, it doesn't. movie. It just kind of yeah. shows how versatile he is as mm-hmm. a director where it's like, well, Aside he knows how to make being good movies. being very L.A., like that's yeah. the only Carpenter element to it. And, you know, don't Kurt Russell. Russell in there. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. <laughs> Some of the soundtrack stuff was kind of obvious yeah. too. Uh-huh. I loved it, dude. I can't wait to watch it a hundred more times and eventually do it on the show. Yeah. It's a fucking For sure. blast. Like, there wasn't a moment of that movie that I got bored or didn't no. think it was fun. It's always fun. So good, man. And then the other big experience I had this Let's week, dude. So we decided the other night to finally start watching through the movies that made us. Right. Which you've talked about many times uh-huh. on the show. The Yeah. the the They've, they've done the Home Alone uh-huh. episode, which Ghostbusters. I loved. Ghostbusters was great. I can't like, wait to watch seriously, it. Seriously, whenever we do Ghostbusters, I mean, you know it's coming. Oh, yeah. This summer. Oh, Lord, it's yeah. coming. Uh, whenever we do Ghostbusters, you if you haven't already seen that episode, I you've got to watch yet. it. I watched the yeah. Home Alone one, too. Yeah. But we decided to start the series off, and it's like, first one on here is Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Let's watch this. Uh-huh. And Kate was like, you've seen this, right? And I'm like, yeah, of course I have. It's Dirty Dancing. Everybody's Patrick seen Patrick Swayze, it, right? Don't Put Baby in a Corner and stuff. Mm-hmm. We started watching it, and it gets all these things where it's just like, and then she carries a watermelon, and then there's the abortion, and the blah, abortion. blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I was whoa, gonna whoa, say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nobody remembers Dirty Dancing if they don't remember the abortion. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. to me, when it got to there, I was like, yo, I have not watched uh-huh. this movie. <laughs> In my head, it's like, I thought that I had, because it's one of those deals that, like, if you're our age and you grew up through the 80s, right. you've already seen the whole movie. It seems, right? Yeah, like, because you've seen all the major scenes. You've probably yeah. seen parts of it on USA or yeah. TNT. and they've been referenced by a million right. things. Right, it's in all sorts of stuff. It kind of reminded me of the first time that I watched, like, Forrest Gump, which was already, like, well into, like, the mid-2000s. I'd never seen mm. that movie before. But I felt like I had already watched the entire movie. I saw that I one in the theater. Everybody did. Yeah, as you know? a child and cried as a child. <laughs> that movie was so affecting even as a child. I was like, what? What's happening? <laughs> Why is there so many kinds of shrimp? <laughs> Jenny! <laughs> so with this movie, dude, like we watched the the thing about uh, the movies that made us, which was great. I feel like it kind of like got me hyped to actually watch the movie itself. Yeah. And uh, so then a couple days later, we sat down and rented it and watched it and ate tacos and drank tequila. Oh, that's awesome. Tell you what, they dance a lot in that movie. They sure do. They dance up a storm in that flick. I had the time of my life. Also didn't know that Patrick Swayze did, She's Like the Wind. Did he? Oh, that was him. He fucking wrote that song and performed it. That's fucking Swayze. I'm crazy about Swayze, man. Yeah. But dude, as I was watching it, you know, it, it is just kind of this predictable cliche yeah. girl learns how to dance, rebellious guy, schmishmorshin movie. Yeah. Parents don't like dancing. They don't like dancing. We got a band dancing. <laughs> but I just couldn't help but think, man, dude, imagine that movie exactly as it is. Mm-hmm. 
everything's the same. Only when it gets to that part where they're working on their lifts and they're out in the lake, they're out in the water, right. just like this, you know, masked killer jumps out of the water and just like dismembers them graphically, <laughs> like the burning style, like the raft scene from the burning, right? And then the movie just completely takes a turn and it's like, fuck you, it's a slasher. The rest of the fucking movie, dude. And I'm talking about like this uh, this masked killer is going around. Yes. He's finding like the best dancers and like hobbling them, like chopping their feet off and right. stuff. I think maybe he like cuts that baby out of that woman dirty or something. Dancing. Yeah, and that's what he says. <laughs> dancing is dirty. And then he murders them. I hope he kills Jerry Orbach by stabbing out his eyes as a reference to John Mulaney. Wow. Yeah. Deep cut. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like, and then I think you find out at the end of the movie that it was like the the guy that put the whole thing together that was like, this camp just might not be around that many more years. <laughs> the times are changing. Like he just wants to keep everything the yes. same, you know? It'd be like if Mel from Sleepaway Camp was the bad right. guy, you know? I think that could have been a tremendous success. That's great. Yeah. I you know? love it. Uh-huh. Oh man, but it was Great a very, success. very fucking silly movie, and I'll tell you too, man. I uh, I know every song from that soundtrack mm -hmm. inside and out because my mom liked that movie when I was a kid, but I was also not allowed to watch it because right. it was dirty dancing. Yeah, <laughs> but we did listen to the soundtrack. She loved like fucking crazy. It's crazy to think of all your the mother, songs are about doing it. Your mother, who prohibited you from doing a whole lot of things as a child, loved a movie in which the parents who prohibited their children from doing things as children were anyway. the villains. <laughs> that is odd. Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess when you put it that way, it kind of is. Do you think is. she was watching it as a horror movie? It might be like that. She was like, I love this. The horror. Imagine <laughs> if children started dancing. Imagine if the things that you told your kids they can't do, they actually started doing them. That'd be awful. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that'll never I feel happen. Bad for the parents in this situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's right. <laughs> Nobody should put baby in a corner except for her parents, <laughs> and they've done it, sir. Now walk away. <laughs> It's a terrifying vision of what could never be. It might be like that. Yeah. But dude, there's like a lot of memories and stuff from being a kid, from hearing all those songs, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that I've seen it now. Yeah. It is a silly, silly I movie. think I have heard that the songs from that more than I've seen the movie, for oh, sure. Oh, God, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did find it very kind of like strange, though, that the movie is so like set in this time period, and they're dancing to all these like Motown and doo-wop songs right. and shit, but then like... There's so many 80s songs on the soundtrack, uh -huh. too, and they're dancing to them. It's not soundtrack for the movie. It's no. music that the people in the movie it's are hearing. Music. There you go. That's there the word. That's the, the word one. we forget a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like they're dancing to it and hearing it. And meanwhile, there should have been like just one part where it cuts to some guy in the back of the room who was just sitting down and just kind of like watching. And he goes, what the fuck are these instruments that I'm hearing? Because <laughs> he's hearing a synthesizer and yeah. he's never heard one before what in his life. What is this shit? What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's crazy yeah, yeah man so yeah two big firsts for me this week man and my life is better because of it well ben on friday night for the streaming for chat the, streaming the chat. dead and lovely streaming yeah. chat which everybody can join in on that's true hang out on that discord server watch some shitty movies we watched bones bones i don't know what that is bones um bone 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 nope but close okay starring snoop dog oh instead of bone bones. thugs and harmony <laughs> dog bones okay yeah uh snoop dog pam greer being hot this sounds like a great setup to me yeah. so far it, it really did have some 
potential. Okay. Uh, but instead of it being a single movie, it turned into three separate movies. Oh, an anthology, a trilogy, yeah. a triptych, if you will. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it. If there are any people out there who want to see Bones, but <laughs> essentially, it's got the setup of Candyman Two, where it's like, oh, it turns out Candyman's a sympathetic character. Poor guy. Yeah, so, yeah, he had a rough time of it. Yeah. So the setup is like, Bones is a sympathetic character. Like, oh, like he he got killed by these uh, other criminals who mistreated him and he was nice because Pam Greer was his girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then in the future, he's uh, come back to life as a shadow dog. <laughs> and oh, a shadow dog. He's he's off kill, killing all the bad guys who killed him and every time he kills him, his flesh on his body returned some like Hellraiser. Okay, this is a mishmash of things. Right. Uh, though a mishmash of Clive Barker stories. So, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. We get down to it. Uh, and then, uh, in the last 15 minutes of the movie, suddenly this guy who they've built all this sympathy up for and who's only killed bad people is now just a bad guy. He now has a demon face and <laughs> is just killing people. So it goes into Hellraiser 3 territory right. where suddenly now they're baddies. Yes. So what I would say is it was a bad version of a Clive Barker story. And uh, Snoop Dogg was fine in it. He didn't... I would say the worst part about the movie is the story. Not not any of the acting, necessarily. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Snoop Dogg's fine in it. Pam Greer's awesome. Being hot. Well, kind of saying, like, the worst part of the movie is the story is kind of being, like... The worst part of this band is that the music isn't any good. Yeah. I like all the people in it. They're really nice. <laughs> nice guys. Yeah. Music sucks. Catherine Isabel's in it. She's cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds like one I won't watch anytime soon. No, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. It was actually so bad and felt so long. Like, seriously felt like a five-hour movie mm. because it was three movies in one. Uh, it was so bad that I couldn't watch another movie. I was just like, that's I, unfortunate. I am done with the stream tonight. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. So right that that was, I don't know, man. And I, it's a shame because it's directed by Ernest Dickerson, who did Demon Knight. And I would say there's like some some elements to it that reminded me of Demon Knight. It definitely had his flair to it, and he was Spike Lee's cinematographer, and so like he knows what he's doing. Just that the story was so incoherent didn't really make mm. any sense. And also, it's weird for a movie directed by a black man to have black characters saying stuff that's obviously written by white guys. Like, why didn't they switch Ooh. up the dialogue a little bit? Because, like, the black characters sound unnatural. Okay. In a movie directed by a black man, it's like, they, they like, take that script and do something with it. Like, don't, don't just be like, I guess we say, all right, soul brother. Is that right? All right, soul brother. <laughs> well, that sounds not great. Better luck next Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Better luck next Friday. Actually, we should just watch next just Friday. Just watch next Friday, next Friday. Yeah. yeah. It's a good All plan. Right. It's a good plan. If anybody wants to join in on the streaming chat, be sure to get on that Discord server. Them ain't 20 them 10s. Yeah, keep them clean, though. It's a good point. Mm -hmm. Not anyway. just pretty words. That's true. Not just pretty yeah, words. Discord server. Uh, come on over there. Oh, we've posted the, the link a million times. If you need it, though, let me know. Email us, whatever. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
Well, Steve, the subject of our show today is it follers. It follers. It'll follow you around. It will. It'll it's follow like, you. Hey, where are you going? I want to go there too. Hey, mind if I tag alongs? Hey, I noticed you're in there. I'm going to knock on your door. I won't be in there too. Hey, I'm going to put this rock through your window. I'm follow you. Follow you. Look out now. <laughs> I apologize to all of our international listeners who are currently going. What, what? language are they what? speaking right now? We have listeners in Finland. Yeah. Listeners in the UAE. Listener. We've got... UAE is my favorite wrestling faction. <laughs> yeah! Right? Woo! UAE! UAE! UAE. <laughs> we have listeners in uh, Nigeria. Look out. And I wanted to shout out our listeners in Africa. I do not know why you're listening to us, but thank you. I'm stoked that you are. <laughs> we actually do have a lot of listeners in Africa and Central and South America. Sure, dude. No idea why they listen to us. That's thank awesome. Thank you for doing it. Yeah, thank yeah. you guys very much. Yep. Might just be a bunch of VPNs from China. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's yeah. VPNs, probably. Yeah. But either way, I'll take it. Yeah, either Helps way, I'll show take up it. on the map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it follows is centered around this this horrible, uh, somewhat somewhat of a curse that you uh, pass yeah. along from yeah. person to person by sexual intercourse. Yeah. Let me put it in you. Yeah, that's what they do. They do it that way. Yeah. And whenever you whenever you bang somebody, you pass this curse of this uh, faceless, nameless monster entity yeah. chasing you around. And it just really raises a lot of conundrums. Like, what would you do? How would you get well, rid of what it? What would you do? If you were in... Oh, Nickelodeon. Yeah. If you were in this situation, how would you rid yourself of the entity? And so, you know what we did? What did we do? We asked our wonderful, loyal listeners and members of our Facebook group over on Dead and Lovely Horror Podcast on Facebook, mm-hmm. which you can join up and participate yeah, in this uh, conversation. Facebook.com forward slash Dead and Lovely. That's right. Mm-hmm. Join up over there. I went on there and I asked them earlier how they would rid themselves of the It Follows curse. And we got ourselves some pretty interesting responses yeah, here. We so did. I say before we start reviewing this movie, how about we just go ahead and slide on into the preview palace? Welcome to the preview palace. And let's just read some of these responses that we got from our dead and lovely listeners, our deadites, and critique. Their survival strategies. I got about six of them here yeah. I want to mention. Then I also want to hear your take on how you would yeah, survive. Yeah, I have an idea. Now, we got the first response here uh, that I want to talk about is Mark Peterson's. Mark uh-huh. Peterson had a pretty good plan. He did. Step one, bang <laughs> blow-up doll. Right. Step two, tie blow-up doll to stick. Uh-huh. Step three, attach stick to entity's head. Yes. That's pretty good. It is. It He'd is. just be just wandering around chasing after that uh-huh. thing for... All time, as far as I know. I would imagine, right? Like, I mean, what is, what is it that it's chasing? Is it your goo? Is, is it, it chasing, chasing your, your goo? goo? It's yeah. a good point. It's a good yeah, question. So right there. just ejaculate into something and then, like, just plunge it to their head and run away. Yeah, run off, I guess. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good plan. I, I do wonder if it works with inanimate objects and stuff. It's yeah, like, I, I wonder too. I, I you know. It seems like probably not. It seems like it would probably have to be human sex, but maybe not. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if like it just so happens that this gets passed along to some dude who's like a necrophiliac, and he right. like fucks a corpse in like a like an like autopsy DMX. room or something like that. Like right. yeah, like DMX. Maybe he gets passed to DMX. <laughs> He's got blood on his dick because he fucked a corpse. No remorse. No remorse. Hints the blood on his hands. Hints the blood on his. Bring hand. your whole crew. And I think at that point, the entity just shows up and it puts its like hands on its hips and it looks at him and shakes its head and is just like, I'm you disappointed nasty. in you. I think it just says you nasty. And he'd be like, I know. 
You nasty. I know I am, he'd say. Just, he just walks away with his hands on the tips every once in a while, turn around. Damn. And he'd go, <laughs> uh. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> like he does it the first to bring your whole crew. Right. Which is the best song of yeah. all time. That's a pretty good plan right there, right. man. Uh-huh. All right, we got another plan here from a man, Kalani Warpole. He took yes. a very optimistic a look one. on this. I like this. I like yeah. his approach. He says, use it as an opportunity to travel the world like I always said I was going to, but haven't yet because I'm lame. For one, Kalani's not lame. No, that's true. He's not we lame met at him. all. He's a cool dude. He said, there, silver lining with the it follows glass half full method. That's true. I mean, honestly, that's Hop a on good a plane. Point. You and know? not far from my own plan, which we'll get to in a little bit. You know but, what, though? You could do this. You could just like right. get every, apply for every credit card that you can. Sure. Max them all out. Uh-huh. Just fly across the world, see everything you want to see. And once you can't get credit cards anymore, I guess just bang somebody else and pass the buck. Or just let it kill you. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, be like, well, I ended up kind of on what the, the, the good end of things What if the person you bang dies of natural causes? Does it then... That's like, something I want to know as well. Yeah, That's something uh, I want to know. So, yeah. That, I mean, this seems like a good plan to me. I like uh, his, at the very like least, you enjoy the last time of your life. You know? Yeah, I think so. You'd have, have the, the time, time of your life. life. David Robert Mitchell, the director, did say that uh, he thinks that whatever it is could board a plane to get to you. Now, I don't know, man. I don't think this is know. where this is where I say just because you wrote the movie doesn't mean you're right here. I don't think by the rules of it, it looks like it just walks. Kind of seems to just going. sort of walk where right. it's going. And I, I'll tell you what, too, man. Maybe in the universe this movie takes place in, there ain't no TSA security because yeah, I don't I don't see somebody with their boob out that's pissing themselves getting through that metal detector. All right, I don't, don't see that metal happening. on them. In that's fact, true, they're getting yeah. rid of liquid. That's what they tell you to do. <laughs> so you got over three ounces in that bladder? You got to let it go. <laughs> let it rip. <laughs> yeah. Brandon Wood had a pretty good outlook yeah, on this. He serious. said, I would make sweet, sweet love to the entity so it would have to kill itself. True. Wow. Like, I guess Bold you just... Bold move, Cotton. I mean, because you can see it. I guess you just trick it into, a, I don't know, like a, a stock... Like one of those things where it's oh, like, okay. like head uh, and arms are like in the What the do they stocks. call those? In the stocks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just like go to town on it and then like, see you later, pal. I think it would go, well, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> and then kill itself, I suppose. <laughs> I guess so. Twist itself into all those crazy knots and yeah. stuff. I suppose it would. Justin Marion kind of takes that same approach, only a little <laughs> bit different. Justin Marion says, I've got a couple of ex-wives, so I just proposed to it. Seems to work. It does. It makes them go away. I happen to know that Justin is a very sweet and generous lover. That's true. Yep. Yeah, he is a generous. I know that for sure. Generous lover. Mm-hmm, that's what mm-hmm. I've heard. And hey, I'll tell you this. From first-hand accounts from my own wife, Yeah. who he dated in high school. That's true. Great kisser. Oh, she says, "Wow!" So there you go. So, hey, Justin, it sounds like it's on them, not on you. I never did kiss Justin. That's a shame. Well, not yet. Here he's good. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Maybe not yet. He's got that <laughs> beard now too. Oh, he's looking good, man. <laughs> All right, we got another one here. We got a good plan from Ryan Black. Ryan Black's yeah. got a pretty solid plan here. Donate to a sperm bank and let it run around in circles, tracking my seed. Yeah. He also had saying my seed did not feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Seed. My seed. Seed's gross. Yeah, it does sound uh, very strange. But yeah, that's that a good... Way. Like, okay, so yeah, what is it? I think... Is it technically having sex if, like, you are in vitro fertilizing somebody with your seed? Right, yeah. Like, I, I, I wonder how much of it has to do with... Because this is something that... that uh, uh, I, th- I saw somebody else mention that, like, the idea of, like, who... 
like when does it win at what point like is it just insertion or like ejaculation when yeah. does it like will an hj hj get it after you yeah like, you know like what I, so where's the line so I, i'm not sure if it's just your ejaculate maybe it would have to be actual sex can you get this through hot legging <laughs> a little hot legging. A little hot legging. Can it happen through hot legging? What's hot legging? <laughs> Steve, hot legging. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, get ready to add this to your yeah. normal vocabulary. Yes. Hot legging uh-huh. is something that happens sometimes in, pr- in prisons and okay. stuff, uh, especially to, to people who are overweight uh-huh. And have plenty of like you know folds of leg flesh oh, and stuff. Oh, I see. And basically, uh, a person can lie down face down, and the other person like uh you know fucks their leg meat, like fucks the space in between their legs. Uh huh. That's a hot leg. Hot legging. Well, hot legging get you caught by the entity. Now, hot legging is that still considered jailhouse rocking? That's a, let's, I think that's a form house. of jailhouse rock. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's that like is. a jailhouse like adult contemporary. Yeah, I think so. It's a little more mild than a full-on jailhouse, jailhouse light jazz. Is that like just? I think it's just an HJ. a hand job. Yeah, I think it's a hand job. A nice old-fashioned. I'm pretty sure. Pretty light. Pretty light. Hot legged. Yeah. I'm so happy. You're welcome. To know that that's part of your yeah. vocabulary yes. now. Okay, Otis P. Driftwood. Here's the last one that I want to mention because uh-huh. his plan is pretty fucking awesome, and he's actually got two versions of this plan. Number one, my seed in Trank Dart. All right, so he's loaded up a dart right. with his jazz in it. Uh-huh. Two, shoot pigeon with dart. Right. Three, watch how it plays out. <laughs> yeah. And then he went in and said, actually change that to rhino. Yeah, way better. It's a great idea. Because it seems to me from this movie that the entity fucks you to death. It sure seems that way. I would kind of be interested in seeing a rhino fighting off a human trying just to fuck it to death. It, just trying to hump that thing to death. Yeah. Is that... Chasing it around the savannah. Is that where that scene from Ace Ventura comes from? It might be that. Yeah. yeah. Could be that. that. That scene's still extremely funny to me. Yeah. Still is. My hot knees rhinos. <laughs> <laughs> I think these are all pretty good plans. Yeah, Steve. I think so too. Uh, my own plan is this. Okay. I want to hear your plan Okay, so the second... That you find out, yeah, I mean, my hope is that the person who is doing this to me uh, doesn't chloroform me and tie me up. That's a pretty rough way to break the news to somebody, I'll tell you what. but at the very least, just tells me and, like, is convincing. Um, I get in my car and I start driving. Okay. Uh, I don't stop until I get... Drive away in a fast car. Right. (laughs) I don't stop until I get to L.A., I go to a hostel. I find out who's about to go backpacking in Europe because German tourists are all over LA. Oh, and right. they are always about to go backpacking in Europe. True. I tell them what's up. I say, hey, look, here's the case. Tomorrow you get on a plane and fly. You're so far ahead of it. Like I just drove across the country. Yeah. You fly. Obviously, you're going to go to a hostel. And you're going to be having random anonymous sex. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's going to be so confused. You're halfway across the planet. You find maybe a Chinese tourist. You have sex with them. Even better if we can find somebody who's about to head to Antarctica. 
You're trying to make this entity play where in the world is Carmen San Diego yes. is what you're doing. Because do you remember how hard that was, Gumshoe? <laughs> Carmen San Diego. A double trouble. <laughs> remember all the little songs for yes. like the little characters? Of course I remember Rockapella. Rockapella, yes. dude. Oh my god. Yeah. What a so, flashback. Yeah, my, so you're sending this idea, thing on a world tour. But it always has to be consensual to me. Because then it, it I mean one, if you can get into the uh, early 20s European market, they're traveling all over the place. So you just keep traveling. You keep sending it from place to place. It is all over the place. Now, this does become a problem if, say, like 50 people down the line, somebody's like, I'm just gonna go to America, you guys. And then it goes to America. <laughs> what accent was that? That's just Euro European. That's general <laughs> European. <laughs> it's me. Hey, I have many euros. <laughs> How many kilograms do you weigh? <laughs> My wife. Yeah. How exactly. many kilograms do you weigh? <laughs> yes, that's the question there. <laughs> All right, Steve. I've got I've got two plans. Let's hear them. One of them is one that I'm like, maybe it would work. The other one, I'm pretty sure it would work. Uh-huh. Okay, so the first one is I'm thinking like, maybe you go to the terminally ill ward. Uh-huh. And you find somebody who, you know, I mean, that, that little heart beeper machine you can tell it's like, this has got right. just a little while left on it, yeah. and then it's just donezo. Yeah. I think you ask that person to go out in a blaze of glory, and maybe if you bang them, but then they die of natural causes, like you were saying, uh -huh. maybe it's over. Yeah, like, is it, yeah, it, it does the thing, is it, like, frustrated by the thing? person it's pursuing dying in other ways dang it dang oh it. no and does it that like does, does it come back on you at that yeah, point because if it, if it doesn't get the kill does it then like have to start a new chain or something mm -hmm. or, yeah that i mean i don't know again that's kind of like a variable one where maybe this works maybe it does yeah but it's it's it seems like it would fit potentially yeah. yeah my other plan would be for that person to find their their partner their loved one stick it in and don't ever take it out Oh, you just spend the rest of your life just hooked in. I think I think just judging by reading David Robert Mitchell's like interviews about it, like he would maybe see it as that might be a solution. Like it seems more like he he wanted it to be about like you know spreading love and like y you know the idea being that like keeping your love from other people uh, -huh. uh drives you to basically uh be crazy like okay. you, you you're always running from something that you should just embrace got it right so i think i think that might be more in line i with, mean life could be yeah. very inconvenient sure you have to have some very wide pants wide trousers Absolutely. To cover you both up for sure yeah but you'd always be spreading the love. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Always feel connected to your loved one because you That's literally true. would be inside you'd of be, them. You'd be inside. You'd be of inside them. of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Maybe that would work. I don't know. Dude, stay in me. <laughs> Dude, keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, now it is time to talk about It Fallers from it 20. Fallers. Is it 14 or 15? Uh, it came out at uh, Con. At 2014, and the then, Wrath of Khan. The Wrath of Khan, 2015. Yeah, it was. Uh, it came out in the U.S. in March of 2015. In so. a stites. In a stites. In a stites. In it. Yeah. In it. And did you see this movie when it came out? Um, no, I, I didn't see it in the theater, but I knew about it. I probably actually did watch this 
Because I do remember, I think it was out on the pirate. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Sites. Yo, ho, ho. Yeah. Around. Because it, it was originally planned to go VOD the same day as the theatrical release. Oh, okay. But then it was so popular at Cannes that they just decided, like, well, we'll just do a theatrical release. And it was a good decision it mm. ended up making them a lot more money than doing the vod route would have done yeah yeah uh because this this the reported budget on this is two million the budget that that's nothing david robert mitchell was working off of when they made the actual film was yeah. 1.3 million so I mean, that's an additional seven hundred thousand was thrown in after it was bought wow but two million for a because mo- like we remember when we did feast yeah, yeah. We're and they were talking about how, how it was, was impossible to do it for less than $3.2 million uh-huh. or whatever. This movie's better. Oh, infinitely by far, better. Which, I mean, you know, money. obviously it has less special effect shots and stuff. Right, than a movie like definitely. Yeah. But it also just goes to show you, you don't need all those if you're making yes. a, a movie well. You don't And this need movie those. looks a million times better. Way better. Holy so, shit, man. I, yeah, like, uh, you can still make a really good movie for a low budget. You just have to know where to put your money. Yeah, yeah. And they definitely did in this, I think. I watched this the first time whenever it came out, like, on Netflix, like, whenever it hit streaming, which is probably yeah, two or three yeah. years ago. And I remember watching it and really liking it. Yes. I really enjoyed it from the first time that I saw it. Uh, my wife, Kate, she didn't really love it that much. Huh. It seems to be kind of a love it or leave it movie. I think so. I think you either get into it or you don't like it. Because, like, uh, even the director has said, uh, when you try to describe this movie, it sounds stupid. Right. And yeah, because I was trying to explain it to some friends last night we right. were having dinner yeah. with, and I was like... Now that I say it out loud, it doesn't really sound that good. Yeah, when you try to describe it, it sounds stupid. When you see it play out, especially if you're... I say, I think especially if you're a big horror fan, real into Carpenter-type slashers and stuff, so much of this is just like, that's the thing! Yeah, I dude. like that! I like uh-huh. this thing! Because it reminds me of that other thing. Like, So there's so much like homage to great horror movies that then the simplicity of the story actually serves the movie more where you're just yeah. like oh i like how easy it is how simple it is and i like how they make a dumb plan and it kind of maybe works or doesn't work totally but, yeah. and it's so much harder to make a simple movie that is still engaging and yes. entertaining than it is something that has just way too mm-hmm. much fucking shit going on you know right this movie doesn't have a ton like it has dialogue but it doesn't have a ton of like expositional dialogue no like so much of it is them trying to figure out what's happening but not just really not knowing yeah and never really getting answers fully. But at the same time it's like the rules of how the entity works are explained pretty, yeah, pretty explicitly yeah, pretty by uh, the first boyfriend guy yep. But then at the same time, there's so many other things about the movie that aren't explained. Nothing and we'll, we'll, explained, We'll get yeah. into some of that more as we talk about some of the more dreamlike aspects yeah. of what this movie is and stuff. Had you watched this since back no, then? No, I only it watched out? it the one time. Me too. I yeah. haven't watched it since then. How did it stack up second view versus first view? It was better the second view. You liked it better yeah, the second time? Yeah, I liked time? it better. The first time I was like, this is a good movie. I see why people like it. But it, like, I didn't get the major love for it. Yeah. Watching it this time, I was like, oh, yeah. Like this is, it just has all the great hallmarks of a really good horror movie. Like, especially in the ways that it's able to do so much with so little. 
Like, mm-hmm. yeah. so much of the tension and, like, uh, dread that builds is just from a person walking in the background. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, it's and amazing. it's like, and, and that's a that's a visual gag that costs zero dollars. Zero dollars. Because that's the thing about this movie is ultimately it sets up that anybody that is walking towards the camera might be might be the thing. Yeah, might be it, the entity, whatever you want to call yeah, which it. Which is there what, is no. Name. I mean, that's what the ending is getting at, right? Because yeah, there's somebody walking behind them. We're not sure. It could be. It may not be. It's wearing more color than normal, but that doesn't mean it's not. The entity following no, them. Huh. Yeah. But that's the thing about it too, though, is I think like what you were saying a second ago about it being so cheap and being so low budget, uh, the fact that everything that you see in this movie, like just this ordinary ass neighborhood, some abandoned houses, uh, a gymnasium, whatever, it's all so effective because it's relatable. Yes. I mean, they might have made those choices because it was fucking cheap or those yeah. were free locations that they had mm. to shoot at. But at the same time, it just ultimately makes it more relatable because yeah. everybody has seen those things and been in that situation right I, I actually like the fact that when she's in the pool the pool's not entirely clean uh-huh. and the uh like that that like i don't know what is that enclosed sort of porch thing they have oh yeah yeah with like the skylight and uh-huh. it's just dirty and covered in leaves like that is more how people keep their backyards yeah. in reality. <laughs> everything like, looked totally ordinary. Everything looked ordinary ways, because it looked... And it looks out of the ordinary, too, because you're watching a movie, so you expect everything to be clean. Right. But it's not clean. It's dirty. It's like the way it is in reality. So you get more invested in it. You're like, oh, yeah, this is like a normal backyard this is the type of place i remember growing up and going to people's above ground pools and swimming and that's part of what makes this movie so effective it's the same thing that worked so well with uh with john carpenter's halloween is like this could be any neighborhood i've been in this neighborhood i've been in these houses yeah and the homages to john carpenter's halloween are just so very obvious yeah like like one of the first shot actually the first shot in the movie yeah it's like if it just popped up in the halloween font and said haddonfield i would have been like yep Yep. i'm on board first shot first shot in the movie uh main character's named jay after jamie lee curtis her oh, sister no is named Kelly after Jamie Lee Curtis's sister, Kelly Curtis. That's adorable, really. Yeah, uh-huh. I didn't know that. The first character that we see is named Annie after Annie oh, Brackett. Oh, Brackett. Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah. Uh, there's the, what's his name? Greg. He uh-huh. drives a, a a station wagon that looks like the station wagon that Jason steals from the nurse and at the beginning of Halloween. Oh, Mike Myers. Mike Myers, yeah, not yeah, yeah. Jason, sorry. Awesome, man. Yeah, so I guess it kind of does. Yeah, it doesn't have the wood paneling, but it's totally yeah. the same kind of build. Uh, but yeah, there, there's just so many like homages to Halloween just yeah. sort of like bringing us into that suburban horror thing. But this also does something so different that we talked about a good bit before this in its Lynchian qualities and yeah. dreamlike uh, way that it all plays out. Yeah, it is. Definitely. It is Carpenter, but it's not grounded in reality the way no, Carpenter huh. is. And that's the thing is like the second time around that I watched this. Second time, time around, it's tradition. Yeah, it's tradition. <laughs> you know, it's like the first time that I watched it, I was really seeing all the Carpenter homages with a lot of the visual things and a lot of the soundtrack things too. Uh, but this time, I think knowing what I was getting into, I was able to absorb, like you said, a lot more of those things that are very. David Lynchy and very like dreamlike and weird. But yeah. it's like I also noticed some 
some other homages to like The Shining and Don't oh, Look yes. Now and all kinds yes. of other stuff. There's so many um, like this movie wants horror movie fans to um, feel comfortable, but it doesn't it beat does, you over the head. But it with doesn't it. beat you over the head with it. It does it so like lightly, organically, yeah, and organically. Yeah, the, the organic way that it it plays out, it 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 makes it so that if you don't know all these references, yeah. It, you still understand the movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't. The see references somebody, don't make the movie. No, I yeah. don't see somebody that's not you know super familiar and steeped in the horror genre being like, I just mm. didn't get why they showed that red ball. In fact, I I see people watching this movie and it getting them into horror movies. Like this is a oh, yeah. I think a good gateway horror movie because it does. It's not too brutal, but no, it is. Not. It is brutal. Like Dude, the I, first death in it is brutal as shit. I f- completely forgot yeah. about that the fact that like yeah within the first five minutes of the movie yeah. you get that like mangled corpse on the mm-hmm. beach but we only end up getting two deaths yeah there's two deaths yeah. in the whole movie there's like nothing but that there. mangled corpse that leg just bent back oh my god oh, man. i mean that'd is... have been some scalding hot legging going on <laughs> over there on that beach i'll tell you what you ever been hey you ever been hot legging on the beach <laughs> Sounds terrible. I'm gonna name my first album "Hot Legging on the Beach." Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I, I really want somebody to remake that Chris Isaac video where they're just hot legging <laughs> on the beach. I think it was so I'm sexy. I'm a hot leg on the beach. <laughs> but yeah, dude, it's like the references are there if you watch for them. But if you don't know them, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't affect how the movie plays out at all. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing about it. Like you said, there's so much weird dream logic and stuff in this uh, movie that I think the first time that I watched it, I was among the majority of people that have reviewed this online where they're like, what decade is this? Or like, you're like, is this in an alternate reality? Like, what's going on here? You cannot pinpoint it in time. You can't pinpoint the weather. No. No. At all. And, like and they, now I see that. I yeah. see that as like deliberate, not like it's this is an alternate reality. Yeah, it's no. absolutely deliberate. It's, it's made supposed to be, to be yeah. a dream. And yes. I think in the end, like all of this plays out exactly as a dream plays out. And because that it is that, it's then not bound by rules, but it plays out the way your dreams tend to play out, which is... There is some sort of consistent internal logic. Uh-huh. Like when you're in the dream, it all makes sense. Sure. When you think about it later, you're like, well, Wait, that that's what, that was weird that this person turned into that person. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But at the time in the dream, it seems you're to like, make oh, perfect yeah, sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah, yeah. This captures that so well. And again, that's something that, that David Lynch is obviously like a master of. Yes. Is doing those things in his movies where you're like, I've had dreams that feel exactly right. like this. And in this movie, it does that very well. And it does it so... Let me put it this way. The inconsistencies are so consistent that it's yes. deliberate. Yes, it is. Absolutely deliberate. Right? Entirely. 100% deliberate. There's no way yeah. that he wasn't intending for you to be like, Wait, what, what year is this? Yeah. What is that clamshell, that clamshell reader? Thing. Yeah, that's the yeah. one that everybody latches onto where they're yes. like, okay, I don't know what era this is in because we're watching old tube TVs, but then this girl has this clamshell 
right. Kindle thing, uh-huh. but nobody has cell well, phones. The girl in the fir- the opening has a cell phone. The girl in the beginning has oh, a cell she? phone that's ringing. Yes, because yeah. she, call- she mm-hmm. calls her dad and is like, I love you, I'm sorry, I'm right. such a pain in the ass to you or whatever. But again, that's the only cell phone, I think, in the fucking movie. Right. Uh, like, the thing huh. is, though, that we, uh, I did think of a way to get around that even, though, because I, I really wanted to this dream logic thing to make sense. It's possible that in the beginning, it is in the future, potentially. Like, this is maybe set in a period, like, where maybe these people are all poor, so they have tube TVs, but this one person was has a rich grandma who bought him this clamshell reader thing. Okay, it's all right. all advanced or whatever. Uh, but I, I think it is supposed to be just, like, impossible to place when and where oh, yeah. and what is happening yeah. and all that stuff like the technological consistency is very obvious yeah. and very overt in this but then there's so many other ones where like again in that first scene which looks like Haddonfield there's like yes. jack-o'-lanterns on somebody's porch right. like it's obviously but then she's fall. in a pool yeah exactly yeah. and that's what doesn't make sense is like knowing that Okay, we've had some summers here in Tennessee. Well, not summers. Yeah. We've had some Halloweens here in Tennessee where that it's been warm, warm. But it's Michigan. But this is in fucking Michigan. Yes, in Detroit. Yeah. It's cold. It's going to be fucking freezing in if it's October. Halloween. Yeah. yeah, and they even make reference to 8 Mile and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Or 9 Mile, whatever. Yeah, you got to lose yourself, they say. Oh, is that what they uh-huh. say? Yeah, well, they're eating mom's spaghetti along uh-huh. the way. Oh, and right. like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, I'm going to vomit. It's on my sweater already. Oh, no. Again with this. <laughs> and then uh, I think Cheddar Bob got shot in the ass. I don't remember. I think that happened. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, like, there's, yeah, reference, obviously, to this taking place around Halloween, but then she's in a pool, and then, like, later, like, in the middle of the night, people are wearing tank tops, but sometimes they're wearing jackets. Yeah, sometimes it's they're wearing, all over, like, and sometimes they're wearing jackets and, and shorts. Yeah, like, it makes it's all over the place. No sense. And yeah. that's totally the kind of shit that you dream about. Exactly. Where you're like, and then in the next scene of my dream, for some reason, yeah. I was wearing this sweater. And even I was though at it was summertime. my mom's house, but it wasn't my mom's house. And yeah. I saw my cousin, but it, she turned into my sister. Like, yeah. All that type of stuff, when you apply that to it follows, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a dream. It has to be. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and it's not even that thing, because I've I've talked about in the past where, like, I hate the twist at the end where it's like, it was just oh, a dream. it was all a dream or it yeah. was all a hallucination. This d- it doesn't have a twist at the end. It never has a reveal no. this is all a dream. Because it is all a dream the whole time, I think it works perfectly. Sure. And yeah. I have an idea about how that oh, plays yeah. out and kind of the meaning yeah. of all that, too. Yeah, there's so many inconsistencies, man. Like, even the way that the monster is constantly changing forms, mm-hmm. but you never see it do like a like a Michael Jackson black and white face morph transformation. No, it's it just don't like matter if you <laughs> it follows. <laughs> it's just like this one entity is chasing you, then it turns the corner, and now it's something else, and now it's mm-hmm. one of your friends, and yeah. now it's your dad. Like, yeah. That's dream shit. Yeah, and now it's a seven foot ten man, and Holy now it's shit, a little man. child. Uh, yeah, dude, that tall guy. Yeah. Holy fucking you shit. Know, he he is uh, half of the tallest twins currently living. You don't say, yeah. mm-hmm. dude. Do just, you think they ever hang out with those big fat twins that rode those motorcycles? I together? hope so. <laughs> Oh, the big fat twins that rode the motorcycles. We know they died long ago. Oh, absolutely oh. so. P.S. If you're listening and you know who we're talking about, you are my best yeah. friend. Yeah. <laughs> I feel 
like somehow they were like a fixture when we were kids yes. and I don't know why. Oh, because the Guinness Book of World Records was a fixture when we were kids. That was like a normal thing. I'm glad it's thing. not just me because I was obsessed yeah. with that shit it when was I was awesome. a kid. awesome. I would read that shit top to bottom. Oh my gosh. And I don't know why. If anybody out there had the Time Life Civil War books... No, I never oh, had those. Oh, you didn't have those? Oh, my God. That is like a fixture of my childhood, too. The Civil and War ones. It, yes. And there there was an entire volume on the, like, in, like horrendous effects of slavery. Wow. Ooh, wow. It fucked me up for Damn. my entire life. Dude, I always wanted the Time Life paranormal ones that were about, like, alien abduction oh, yeah, yeah. and conspiracies uh, and shit. I had, I had. I always wanted those. It wasn't the Time Life, but I had, like, a big book of, like, conspiracies and, like, uh... Like it was about, it had like a whole thing on the Loch Ness monster and UFO abductions and stuff. I loved that book Hell as a kid. Yeah. yeah. Side note: I'm about three quarters of the way through this beer. I am reasonably yeah, buzzed. I'm reasonably buzzed myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great, man. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. But yeah, like I said, like the the the, the ever changing monster, the way that you can't pin down what season it is, the way you can't pin down what decade it is. Yeah, it's impossible. It's all so effective to me, mm-hmm. man. And even, like I said, just the fact that, like, so much of it takes place in these, you know, shitty, like, ranchers that were probably built in the mid-60s to 70s that are basically all the houses that we spent our childhoods in as kids from the 80s. Yeah, those houses are so familiar, and we're talking about, you know, what are they, 500, 600 miles away in Michigan, like... Yeah. Yeah. I, I think... A lot of people who come from, say, the Middle America or the South are used to those neighborhoods of totally, just these man. shitty houses that were built in the 60s and 70s real quick and are already kind of dilapidated by the 80s and 90s. Like, I like, too, though, that because this is set and filmed in, in Michigan, that it's like they can turn a corner and suddenly they're in the most like dilapidated, decrepit, falling apart yeah. fucking neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. In the country. Yeah. Like, again, that's kind of a weird dream thing, too. Yes, it is. Like, normal neighborhood. Now, this fucking... Yeah, everything's falling apart. Urban decay. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Really sets the tone for And now we're on a beach somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because reasons. Reasons. That's another thing, too, is, like, the location changes in the movie happen extremely quickly. Yes, they do. Like, there's not a lot of, like, like traveling. a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly I'm here. Now I'm here. Now I fell asleep on the hood of my car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and now it's suddenly daytime. Yeah. Like, she goes from falling asleep on the hood of her car to snap. It's daytime. Yeah. Which is so dreamlike. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, like, I, I think everything is indicating it's a dream. Which then gives it so much leeway to be so many things. Yeah, I think so too. Like it, it can it it can have logical inconsistencies, but it really doesn't. It doesn't really. Yeah. No. It, it it seems to fit. It seems to be one of those dreams you'd remember because it was so seemingly logical. Right. Like it would stick with you. You'd be able to tell people about it. But when you tell people about it, they'd be like. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And then I was here, and then I was there, yeah, and then exactly. the person changed into but another in the person. Dream, it all just fits so perfectly. Yeah. You're like, yes, this all makes sense. Well, because yeah. that's the thing is, like, it's all locations and people that you know, so it yeah. makes sense to you. Yes. And that's another thing to me in this movie um, that I think is significant is that all of the other like locations that they go to mm-hmm. are all significant memories for. Jay yes. and the other kids. It's like, oh, that place where we first drank. Oh, that place uh-huh. where we first kissed. Mm-hmm. Like, everywhere they go to is something that is deep-seated in their memories. Right. So that is something you dream about. Yeah. And, I mean, there, there every indication 
basically to say that this is Jay's dream. Yeah. Like the it, the entity, when the final confrontation, this is maybe hard to recognize, but if you pay attention early in the movie, you see her in her bedroom, you see two pictures. One is a picture of her in the pool and another is a picture of her with her dad. The final form of the entity is her dad. Who I think is dead, right? Who is dead. Yeah. Yeah, so like, it really seems to be her dealing with so much of her own like regular day-to-day issues. Yeah. Like, the dream just seems so clearly to be her dealing with these issues, dealing with like, her sexual desires, but also like, you know, this like, side thing where women have to deal with like if i have sex everybody's gonna think i'm a whore and like so the thing that's following lasting effects whether it be pregnancy or std the thing that's following Following her in her dream is just this fear of what happens when she has sex but because she's having a dream she just keeps having sex with all these people because she wants to okay great so this kind of like ties into what i think a lot of this is really about especially when you factor in the age of the kids and the fact that there are like no adults present right really in this entire the only movie. adult that we ever see is her mom but we never see her face yeah her face is turned and yeah. stuff i mean and i we, guess we the, see i guess the entity the as entity as adults but it's not an adult it right is the entity is the yeah. entity i think a lot of this is actually a coming of age movie mm-hmm. i think a lot of this is about yes. the, the dreams that someone might have of holy shit, I'm 17, I'm about to graduate from high school, I'm developing my sexual identity, I'm developing my identity away from my family, and all the anxieties and stuff that could come along with that, especially if, like, well, like I don't know about you, but it's like growing up when we did, and for me, growing up in a very conservative background... Mm Where everything you ever heard about sex was just like, oh, right. it's just you're you're gonna get AIDS. Oh, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't even have to be conservative STDs. background. It was just growing up the time we did because AIDS had just been discovered. Oh yeah, yeah, and well, it was and just and like you're gonna just, get AIDS. It's yeah. just such an easy way to get kids to like not have sex, which of course are going to anyway. Totally is to be like, oh, you're gonna me. get diseases. You're I, gonna was, get STDs. I was completely worried about I was terrified. diseases. Yeah, and terrified of getting any girl uh pregnant same absolutely because same. like to me i, I do remember some They've of been this drill into our fucking heads dude. and some of this was my mom telling me you gotta get out of here like you you don't don't need to be here like you need to go on and go to college and stuff and me just being like if i get someone pregnant i can't do that yeah i'll be stuck here yeah yeah and I'm going to get STDs from fucking everybody because yeah. everybody's, everybody's got everybody them. apparently everybody is, is infected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that these are very much reflective of the dreams that somebody would have if they're of our age group and they're kind of, again, coming into their adulthood and their independence from their parents. Yeah. I, I even don't think it's like a coincidence that even like that weird like clamshell communicator yeah. reader thing, it kind of looks like the little birth control compact. It does. It does look like those. You know, so it's like that's the kind of thing that can be twisted around in your dream where you've seen one of those, but in your dream, it's this thing you read out of instead of something that has birth control pills in it or whatever. I'd say very, it's very true that everything she says from that uh, clamshell reader would work as birth control. Like everything (laughs) she reads from Dostoevsky's The Idiot. Yeah, no. (laughs) Like it would absolutely work. So yeah, I, I see that. So I think a lot of it, like I said, to me is a dream about 
losing your childhood yes. and, and becoming an adult and, and the worries yeah. that, that come along with and it to me. I think some of that can be seen by the the guys that she's interested in in her dreams and the guy we see her with at the end, where the guys she's interested in in her dreams are more dangerous or more adventurous or right. whatever. And the guy we see her with in the end is Paul, who's just Have convenient dude. and yeah. nearby. Right. Like, he's safe. They're more dangerous so like even if at the end we're still in the dream and i think we are i think we're in the dream the entire time uh at the end she feels safe with paul Mm -hmm. she feels unsafe with these other guys but she's obviously more interested in that unsafe feeling so yeah it's that coming of age thing it's that coming to terms with your own feelings and your own like desire maybe for stability but also desire for that feeling of danger and going after something maybe you know is wrong like it really does seem to be more of a a coming of age movie than say precautionary tale precautionary tale which we were talking about before this like this could easily be seen as just a precautionary tale don't have sex or you die yeah well that's the 80s slasher classic rule it's like it's really easy to watch this movie and be like man this seems like it could have been like the coolest movie I ever watched at youth group. Yep. That's a precautionary yes. tale about yeah. don't have sex. I mean, right. Like that's the thing though, is like yeah. all of those lame ass, like Christian morality, like right. we're being hip. Don't have sex. Uh-huh. Like movies that we watched when we Except were kids. It would have just been Satan. It would have been a dude in devil horns the oh, whole yeah. time following you. Like, ah, I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> But like this, if I would have watched this in youth group, I would have been like, you know what? Maybe they're right because this is fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's easy to watch this and and regard it as a morality tale. But yeah, it is. Again, I, I, don't, I don't think, think that so. It's that, yeah, man. I don't think that is in the least. But I what was is even happening. thinking about it too, man. As far as like, if you are watching this as Jay's dreams of all her anxieties of coming into her adulthood right. and stuff like this, even whenever she encounters the entity in the house the first time, and it's that one chick that's just like pissing in the floor. Uh huh. Didn't oh. she was fucking pee in the bed because she was scared in her dream? Because a lot of times, like whenever That's you had possible. dreams when you were a kid, or and, at least and, you have dreams where you're uh, you were peeing or someone's peeing, and it it ends up being that you need to pee. Exactly. You wake up and you go to the bathroom. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. You wake up. And you're like, oh my god, I gotta pee. That's why I was dreaming about that. Right. I even wonder if that's significant in some way because otherwise I can't think of why the the pissing would be in any way relevant to this. But a shout out to girl in the kitchen pissing herself. She's my name neighbor, Alexa Spradlin. <laughs> Spradlin, huh? My, my close. Uh, sister from a similar named Mister. That's right. Yeah, we do. I mean, if she, your name dude. is if your name is Spradlin, Spratlin, or anything of the like, we're somehow related. I'm just kind of thinking that you're General Mills and they're Malto Meal. Oh damn! They're bag cereal. So she's fuck. the better version. No, no, no. She's bagging. No, Malto Meal's always the better. Is it? It is. Come on, man. Their fucking Cinnamon Toast Crunch is not as good as Cinnamon what? Toast Crunch. It's not. Okay, maybe not. It's not. Some okay, of the other not. ones are better, mm-hmm. but not maybe that Maybe not. One. But the Fruity Pebbles are better. Are they actually? Yeah. The Boy, Cocoa it's been a long Pebbles, time since Fruity The Pebble. Cocoa Pebbles of Malto Meal are not better, but I have found the Kroger brand Cocoa Anything has more Cocoa. Kroger brand stuff fucks. Hell yeah. Really? They know what they're doing over if there. You're, if, you're, if you're near a Ralph's, 
you go on in there buy you some Kroger brand stuff. I'll tell you what. No doubt, man. Mm-hmm. That sparkling they, they water they've got is great. Dude, Kroger brand's where it's at. Mm-hmm. This episode brought to you by... Sponsored by... Food City. What? <laughs> Food City. Why did I check my watch? I don't even <laughs> you have You gotta look at your non-existent <laughs> yeah. not watch. Brought to you by my non-existent watch. <laughs> Hair and knuckles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the cast some because okay. like I, I think this cast is amazing without yes. like without having like having big names kind of people in and here. And that's what you need for a horror movie. I think is no names. The moment you put a name in, you're winking. It seems to me in a horror yeah. movie. Yeah. Like the moment you put a name you in, you're saying like, huh, huh, huh. You know this guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So Micah Monroe, who is great as Jay. She's in that movie you saw recently with Bill Skarsgård, Villains. Yeah, Villains. I have, and she you said was, it was really great. good yeah. in that, man. She yeah. was fantastic. I think she's got a, a bright future ahead of her. I would believe so. A nice young lady. I think uh, anybody who sees Paul will be like, I've seen him and stuff. I said that you to myself. Have. I was like, I know him from something. Yeah, what have I seen all him sorts in? of stuff. Yeah? I don't know. Bunch of things. <laughs> Bunch of things. Bunch of things that were filmed. Yeah. But he, he yeah, you've seen him. So uh, Jake Weary, though, the guy who plays the guy who gives her the it. Yeah. He was in uh, It Chapter 2. He's the ringleader of the guys who beat up the gay couple oh. at the beginning. Ooh, that's why he was so unsavory to me. Yeah, he has that look to his face where it's like, that guy would beat up a gay couple. I would feel so bad, though, like if, if I was typecast like as, that, yeah. Like, yeah. Asshole gay beater. He's, he's, I would feel bad if I was I that I think guy. some of it's his facial hair. His mustache grows into a frown. Yeah, yeah. Naturally, and it makes you just look like a he's bad... He's got that, I'm sad I can't just be myself. I'll beat you up for being yourself look about him. <laughs> yeah. That's the deal. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's great. My favorite in the entire cast is Olivia Lucardi, who plays Yara. Yeah, Yara don't give too much of a fuck I love when she farts. <laughs> Farts are fucking hilarious. It's always funny. It it's here. always funny. I actually wrote that exact thing. Farts, Farts are, are fucking hilarious. <laughs> they are. That's the funny thing in this movie, though, is like, it's easy to just sort of like pigeonhole her as like the grosso friend in this. No. But then at the same time, she's, she's the one the that's like dispensing like, wisdom. Yeah, she's too. the source of wisdom. She's the source of like, like, I guess, perspective in each moment. Like, like here, I'll provide this. Well, she even has that little monologue at the end where she's talking about, like, uh, the inevitability of death. Yeah, and stuff she's too. Uh, reading from the idiot. And uh, I did write, can we get some more mouth noises, please? Ugh. There are a lot of mouth noises there was. in that scene. Yeah, there was. But anyway. it, it's, also too, it's also cool, too, because, like, you could take that as, you know, the entire notion of them trying to escape this thing and just running from place to place or away yeah. from it is, like seeing that as you're becoming an adult like mortality is becoming yes. more real it because yes like as you age you're like well it's there's a definitive getting end. closer yeah, yeah. So you're a teenager it's like oh i have my entire yeah. life ahead of me like i'm never dying but yeah, that's the thing though that like um that like say teenagers and 20 year olds go through that once yeah. you get into your 30s you realize like oh i've got so fucking long like i got so far ahead of me yeah and like when you're you're a teenager and into your 20s you're having this like crisis where you're like oh my gosh i'm gonna be an adult and it's like the end and it's like once you really embrace being adult you're like oh god i would never go back no which is exactly like what's his name hugh slash jeff he talks about like he sees that 
kid and he would want to switch places with that right. kid yeah, again that ties into what i'm thinking about yeah this. yeah 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 where it's like now i don't have to think about death anymore yeah i don't have to stave off death which is kind of what people see adulthood as in their 20s which is why you party so much and why like you try to have sex so much because you're just like it's all gonna end someday mm. and then when you become full adult you're like it really isn't you're just gonna wake up and like be like fuck why did i buy these bananas they went bad like <laughs> uh, like you're just gonna have normal regular everyday days but as a teenager early 20s it's so far that off. is it's so far off yeah. it is death itself and then you wake up and you're there and you wake up yeah. one day and you're there right. and it's just like oh this is, and that's kind of how the ending is it's like she wakes up and she's in this moment where she's accepted the inevitability of just being in a stable relationship and it's kind of like like i love how ambiguous the ending is because it's like is this good are they still being followed super ambiguous yeah, yeah so ambiguous like because that is exactly how you feel going through that age it's like when you get to the end of it when you hit i'd say 30 because that's like the moment everybody's like i'm 30 now like it's, it's everything's changed suddenly you hit that moment and that is the moment where you're like oh oh and like everything behind you doesn't really matter anymore and you're just like it's nothing it's just another day yeah and that's kind of how the ending feels to me where it's just like this embracing then of adulthood and saying like maybe it is following me i don't care well, what do you think about maybe the way that her, like, let's say, like, her, her comforts and stuff that she's had through childhood, like, floating around in the pool and being around water. Yeah. And play, then, play into this. Because, right. like, water is an ever-present feature in this movie. And I, I don't have a full answer for this. I have some, maybe some insights, but I, I, I don't have a full answer. I think you're right. Water, like, because we see the first person dies next to water. Yeah. In a brutal fashion. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, then we see her floating in water. In so pool. for her, water is this like innocent place. And maybe, like, hey, maybe in her dream she's sleeping on a waterbed. Maybe that's all there is to it. It's eighties, man. I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about this on my in uh, on the shower before I, I came here. I I had a waterbed as a yeah. teenager. Uh huh. And. You know when you get in a pool and it's like your bones all crack because everything settles? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the best thing. You're just Aww. floating there. In a, in a waterbed, that's the concept. And in no way is that how it plays out. <laughs> it's like laying on top of water that you can never sink into. Yeah. And you're just like never comfortable. I had a waterbed for like four or five years. <laughs> I had sex with a girlfriend for the first time on a waterbed. The motion of the ocean. It was the worst thing ever because the waterbed works against you. Like you're like stroke and it's like waves. <laughs> stroke waves. There's got to be a way to time that out like a double bounce on a trampoline. It, you though. do eventually get the, the rhythm, but the it's never bounce. fun. <laughs> <laughs> the double bounce is not fun when your dick's involved. It just goes to show you, man. Like everything that was created in the '80s, people on cocaine don't trust yeah, it. People on cocaine, they're like, it. man, you know how cool it is to be in a pool. What if you could do that while you sleep? What if you could sleep in a pool and not drown? <laughs> Maybe that's a thing. Market it. <laughs> hey, what if your kids could jump twenty feet in the air? That would be so fun. Trampolines. <laughs> 
so yeah, the water thing seems to be like ever present in this. And yeah. like I said, I, I guess in her mind, it's one of those things that is something that she enjoys, but also becomes scared of, which you could yeah, also take as like a, an early sexuality thing where right. it's like, yes. oh, my dick works. Yeah, because... Okay, so now she, I'm scared of it. She okay, so so many of the deaths and attack, or the one death and then several of the attacks happen near water. Yeah, she she seems to be happy in water. Then later she has the plan, I guess, that maybe she's gonna swim out to that boat and have sex with those guys and let it follow them. But she obviously goes against that. She doesn't do it because she then ends up having sex with Paul. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, to me is one of those things where I was like, did she or did she not? And I, I think that was the moment where, like, where water to her is like, it, it became dirty almost. Like, water became this less innocent thing because it seems to be connected to her dad. As I said, mm. when she goes yeah. to her room, she's, she has a picture of herself in the pool and then a picture below that of her with her dad. Like, and it seems to be connected with her dad. And the final fight is her in a pool and the appearance of her dad. Which I also like just the absolute simplicity of male sexuality that is embodied in that scene where it's like, she's like, here's some guys on a boat out there. If I swim out, they would probably have sex with me. That's true. It would, would work. Though. Yeah. I mean, they if you're a, a guy on a boat yeah. and you're like, oh, a girl swam up Maybe here. they all okay. wouldn't. And like... I can see if I were on that boat just being like, that doesn't sound fun. Oh, now I'm on a boat where two guys are having sex with a girl they just met. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I'm going to drive this boat somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we're still reptiles. Yeah. Men are still I, reptiles. Yeah, Let's be honest. that's true. But I like, I, I'm not. I, I'm not that yeah, I, i'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. interested in that no and i think a lot of guys aren't but maybe would feel the pressure no, to if do I, it if i was on a boat and some lady swam up instead from of the shore and was like maybe you guys want to do it i'd be like this seems really strange to me yeah this is weird i don't know about this and maybe that's what happened maybe that's why it didn't succeed maybe we don't see any of it because true. it's a dream yeah yeah because in her dream she was like Maybe I have sex with those guys over there. Blink, I'm somewhere else. Okay. I didn't do that. That is how it goes. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, because otherwise it just, like, it, otherwise you'd have to deal with what Quentin Tarantino talks about. He had some critiques yeah, for this Yeah, let's talk about movie. his assessment of this. Yeah. yeah. He liked this movie, but didn't love it. And he, he said that it's good, not great. And there were so many moments it could be great. And really, his his problems with it were these inconsistencies and the fact that the thing that follows the entity seems to have very little power in the beginning, but more power in the end. Yeah, yeah. It begins like moving physical objects right. and shit like this. So to me, I think, you know, the inconsistencies all work perfectly because it's a dream. I think he's also wrong when he says that the entity's powers don't make sense. And that's not because it doesn't show like less power in the beginning and more power in the end. I think that the entity gains power as it's put off. That's what I got out yeah. of it too. The man. longer you yep. escape it, the more powerful it becomes. Cause it's so obvious too. Whenever you have that scene where, you know, Yara enters the bedroom and there's the giant tall guy behind her, right. which is terrifying as fuck by but the way. No effect. Yeah, but, like, yeah. the thing is, is as we see later on in the movie where it can, like, blow open doors and throw TVs and appliances and right, shit. Right, but it doesn't do it then. It's just kind of walking behind her. Like, right. Like, it seems like if it had the powers it had at the end of the movie, it could have just swatted her away. Yes. But 
I think you're right. I think that the more you put off it getting to you, the stronger that it gets. Which is, I mean, exactly true of your your own sexual desires. The more you push yeah, off your sexual you desires, the stronger they become. The more they become a, an infatuation, the more they become something you have to think about. Yeah. So I I, I think I think it works perfectly. With the I think same, maybe yeah. if he watched it again with some the idea that it's a dream, he might he might agree. Yeah, uh, I think but, so. But it, 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 he uh, that that critique seems fair entirely if you reject the notion it's a dream. If you say this is this is like a, a thing that definitely happened, and these kids just wear shorts and jackets sometimes and go swimming in October <laughs> and, yeah. and all that stuff, like if you just say this is a thing that actually happened, yeah, those critiques well, are sure, it seems absolutely to kinda, right. Yeah, fall yeah. through. But uh, I I think in the end it, it definitely is a dream, and the the building up. Maybe it's it's one of those things actually too where like say when I'll have a sexual dream uh-huh. like the the build up will continue and continue where it's just like eventually you just wake up and you're like oh that was crazy like super intense oh, you yeah. know it, it gets more and more intense so maybe that that in some ways is like her dream that is makes sense some of her sexual desire coming out like. In the end, though, I, I think there's no other way to see it. No, I don't this think This so. is a dream, Lynchian type of thing. Yep. Far, far more coherent than the David Lynch movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you could say, oh, there's less substance than a Lynch movie, but it's like, it also eh, makes more sense. It also movie. makes more sense. Yeah, I, I like that it makes more sense. I do like Lynch. I mean, we haven't done a Lynch movie. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. We haven't done so many directors, but we haven't done a Lynch movie. We should do one for sure. He he is able to make dreams flow in a way that is unnatural and natural at the same time, and he he just makes you feel weird while oh, yeah. watching his movies because it all movie, seems so familiar. Yes, but this movie isn't meant to do that. This movie is meant to tell a consistent story in a dream setting. Yeah, I think and so it too. does that really yeah. well. And I think one of the reasons it's so effective is because that that monster isn't some kind of like big, scary, hairy, horned no. demon monster. Sometimes thing. it's big, sometimes it's little, sometimes it's a friend you know. It's, it's and also too, dude, just the fact that it could be anybody in the crowd. Anybody. 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 Like do those scenes where she's like at school, which is again a very Halloween yeah. moment. Yeah, for where, sure. she, where the teacher is reading Teacher's poetry lecturing. and she's staring out the window and sees the creature coming oh, yeah. at her. Yeah, that's very fucking Halloween. Yeah, the teacher's reading T. S. Eliot at the time. Oh, you I, don't say. Yeah, I I was gonna go into some of that, but then I realized it's a little boring. Nerd. You Nerd. realize I'd slap yeah. your books out of your hands. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking throw you against the lockers. But but it is actually more Halloween and more Nightmare on Elm Street, which we Very haven't talked much. about yet. Nightmare yes. on Elm Street also has the scene with Lynn Shea yep. reading, and then she realizes Shakespeare and stuff. she's in a dream. Well, she doesn't realize she's in a dream, but she sees her yeah, friend being dragged. Yeah, that guy starts it. talking about, if I could live in a nutshell or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. And also, too, there's another like definite Elm Street moment in this, too, where after... Jay passes the curse to Greg, I think it is, uh-huh. the next door neighbor. Yeah. And she's like looking out from her window and like screaming to him that the creature's yes! coming to the house. That and is stuff. so much like the, yeah, before her boyfriend dies. Yeah, yeah, very much so. That's crazy. Like 
the the moments that were like Elm Street made me realize like before I was already thinking like this is Lynchian this is kind of dreamlike but when I saw all the Elm Street stuff I was like oh this is a dream yeah dude that's what they're going for this is definitely supposed to be a dream and it's that's cool why too. we you never see the parent that's why we never see the authority figures because yeah. in your dreams you don't want somebody there telling you what to do and that's another cool thing too is like you could even take wow this is cool you could even take all the homages in this film and look at them like this is a person who has seen these movies in real life and they're getting mixed into oh, the absolutely. dream. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So it becomes like really hyper meta at that yeah. point too, which I think is, is really neat. I also like the uh, the fact that they're watching the black and white movies actually reminds me. Yeah, what the hell? And the way they're sitting reminds me of the Halloween scene with her and the kids watching the sitting thing from and outer watching space. the black and white movie. Yeah, yeah the thing from totally. outer space. Yep. Uh, also makes me think, does... Uh, David Robert Mitchell want to do a remake of Killer from Space, which is the movie they're watching. Oh, no shit. Because that's what John Carpenter wanted to do. He was showing the oh, thing yeah, from space because right. he was wanting to do a remake of it. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. That. Yeah. But I love the fact that the monster is always like changing faces and it's people that you know or other just weird figures like the tall guy or like the naked guy on the roof. <laughs> what in the fuck? Well, okay, Ben. That was the moment I knew that there is a definite time this is happening, and that's either 4th of July or Christmas. What is that? The only time you get drunk enough to have your dick out on the roof. Okay, that's true. Who doesn't end up with their dick out on but the roof? That is actually, when I said that like to myself as a joke, I was like, actually, that's kind of true, because it's very much summer and winter at the same time. Like, That's they're true. doing summer shit and winter shit all at the same time. Fourth of July and Christmas. Either yeah. way, you're on the roof and Dick you out. out. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure, man. But yeah, I think the monster design in this is really effective. I love that it's always just somebody that's either nude or, like, wearing white or sometimes uh-huh. just wearing whatever. Yeah, well, one titty out pissing themselves. Yeah. Dude, and this is also a rarity. This movie, in term- especially in terms of the horror genre, has the ultra-rare scary boob. The okay. non-erotic boob Right, out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it actually Nothing somehow becomes somehow, somehow even more unnerving and unsettling that not only is this monster attacking you, but it's unaware that it has a titty out. And it's like not, yeah. it's not erotic or sexy in any weird no. way. It's just like it somehow makes it more unnerving yeah. that this creature is partially nude and doesn't seem to care. It, okay, so this then... Uh, Scary titty. Yeah, this goes back to the Shining... Nude yeah. scene with the yep. old lady, which is this uh, OG but that's also, scary. That's titty. also kind of gross titty. Okay, yeah, because she's true. a rotten corpse, right? But the scene where he is has her in the wheelchair tied up and is basically showing her the thing as it's walking toward her as this naked oh, woman. Oh yeah, yeah. The music that's playing is so much like the string music that's playing. In The Shining, when he sees even the old lady coming out of the Until you pointed it out to me, and that's like my favorite movie ever. Yeah. But it just goes to show you how wrapped up in this movie that I was that exactly. I didn't notice like, oh, this is very much like the yeah. bathtub scene from The Shining. Yeah. And we, we got to talk about Disaster Piece. Who God did damn, the soundtrack. Is soundtrack. Nice. Holy shit. There was a moment 20 where... 20 out of 10. Like, 20 out of 10. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. There was a moment where I was watching it but like reading about it at the same time it was like my second watch through i was just kind of like you know having in my mind while i was reading about it and there was music playing and 
I for a second thought I had Final Fantasy going. Yeah. And was just reading something. Yeah, there's like, like this nice like synth arpeggio thing going oh on in the background. Oh my gosh, it was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Disaster Piece, they did they do video game music. They did the music nice. for Fez, which came out about a decade ago. Like it's it's amazing what they did in this because it sometimes awesome. is carpenter level very. Well, and, and other also times too, it's very much their own thing there's even one theme in the soundtrack that is in like 5-8 time mm. which is something I've talked about on all our previous you carpenter have, yes. episodes carpenter loves dabbling in very odd time signature mm-hmm. stuff and the classic Halloween theme is in 5-8 yeah it's like he does a lot of stuff in odd time signature and the fact that they even included one simple synth based theme in five eight yeah in this that doesn't just ape the halloween theme no it's 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 mimicking it's mimicking things that you only notice if you know john carpenter's music well and you know what again this is like if you watched a fucking carpenter movie and then went to sleep and had a nightmare and it had a soundtrack (laughs) where it'd be like kind of the same but not really the same yeah it's what this feels like man yeah the soundtrack in this is fucking so great, and I feel like it predated the whole like synth wave right. 80s soundtrack yeah. that we got in movies yeah. like Mandy and like uh-huh. Stranger Things right. and stuff like that. Like I feel like this was kind of ahead of the curve. Yeah, I think with so. That. Yeah. It also just doesn't like beat you over the head with being like, remember the fucking 80s? No, it does not. That that is one of the best parts about it. I I think. D- I think we've skipped this. Okay. Kind of j- just back up the idea that this is all a dream. I should point out that David Robert Mitchell said that this is based on anxiety dreams he had as a child of oh. a, a thing constantly following him. And he had them while his parents were going through a divorce. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, so much of this is coming from his dreams and from a period where he was going through this major change. Yeah. Like that to say that this is a coming of age movie that is a dream is very much in line with what the director writer of the movie has already yeah. said about the movie. So I, I yeah, I, I think when you, you look at it as a, as a dream, you look at it as the, you know anxieties and and joys and interests and all these things playing out in this i think she's in community college right or she's in college it seems i mean i get the impression they're 17 ish i think? don't know i thought it was more high school okay well they're they're late teens early 20s yeah. or whatever yeah so like she she's going through that period where everything is changing and she's having to decide on what human she will be yeah i mean it's not a decision you make overnight but you think that when you're 20 <laughs> Right, yeah, it's like, yeah. now's the moment. Yeah. yeah I think so, so too. like, I, I think we're right in the end about uh, the the readings of this. Though, there are so many, like, elements of this that, like, he's obviously, he's obviously laying, like, hints of things. Like, say, for instance, the fact that every time before the uh, entity shows up, you'll either see red or pink. So you were talking about the color yeah. stuff in this, and I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't quite pick up on this. Like yeah. I noticed the color red many times through the movie, yeah. whether it be the the very first girl in the movie with the red high heels, yeah. or the fact that Jay in the has first the scenes has the red fingernails. Yeah. But you're saying that like basically before the entity comes on screen, there's always something red, right. which also in itself is a reference to the Omen. Yes, it is. <laughs> and also 
preceding the entity a lot of times is a ball. Okay, yeah, which, which is, is kind of a don't look now don't thing. Don't look now reference. Or the shining. And the ball itself it tends red. to be red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, there are all these like small things piecing each thing together, which... Which also red, the color of sensuality traditionally. Yeah, yeah. All these things that like have a connection to what's going on, but also are completely like in reality wouldn't happen. Yeah. But in a dream, like you have these things in your dream where you're like, I was dreaming about this and then I was looking at this thing and then I was dreaming about this, but the thing was still there. Like, like these objects that are entering these colors that are entering, they're all like, referential to things your mind understands but yeah, they're just not connecting the dots yeah but yeah. like in reality if that were to happen it would be insane make no it sense. would be wild and make no sense yeah right yeah definitely so man and i'll tell you too man the way that the the monster and the rules of the entity and stuff play into the cinematography of this yeah. movie uh i think this is one of the things that really makes this movie as fucking awesome as it is mm-hmm. within you know i don't know it's probably like 15 or 20 minutes of the movie after she gets like chloroform, which I totally forgot about. Yeah, that actually when I watched that the first time, I was like, "Oh my god, is this like a rape?" Yeah, movie? is this like, like yeah, I was yeah, yeah. not happy about uh-huh. it at first. Yeah, but then you find out it's like, oh, so you can tell her the rules and right. show this is real, uh, which is still weird. It's still up. weird, but at least like I get it. Like it would be, you wouldn't believe them. Yeah, yeah. But you know the way that the movie goes to tell you the rules and shows you that like it can be anybody mm-hmm. this entire time, and then. You start catching on to the rules of the movie so fast, and there's so many wide shots. Like, this movie yes. is all about the yeah. wide shot. Huge wide shots, constantly training you to be looking. Yeah. Because there's so many shots. Like, even whenever she um, she drives a car out to that swing set, mm-hmm. w- which, again, comfortable childhood spot right. from memory. That's yeah, where you she go goes to, to in a, a dream. Round. Yeah. yeah, like, in real life, if you were running from a thing, you wouldn't run to no, you just keep sit on a running. swing set. The, the fact, yeah, the fact that every time they run, they stop eventually at a place they would want to be, a beach, a playground, and again, it's always a place from memory. Yeah. That's very significant to yeah, me. They yeah. never stop at some place they've never been to exactly. in this movie. They never yeah. go somewhere they've never been. Yeah. It's always a thing from memory. Uh, but whenever she goes there and stops, and it's like there's so many shots of her where she, the main character, who's this very gorgeous girl, yeah. middle of the screen, dead center, wide shot, and your eyes are looking everywhere except for there. Right, because you know something's got to be back there, right? And it draws you into the movie because you know they're doing the same thing. Right. Like they're watching the horizon the same as you are. Yes, like it really does. But they can't a, see behind them. Yeah. yeah. That's the difference, right? Yeah. It really puts you in the movie. And it yeah. does that same thing that we talked about on our, our paranormal activity episode a couple weeks ago, yeah. where with those wide shots of the camera on them sleeping in their bed, but you can see down the hallway. Right. So you, you know what's going on and they uh, don't makes it so suspenseful. Yes. You feel like you're a part of the group that's there, but you can't reach out and scream yeah, you and tell them, be like, fucking turn around. Turn around. Turn around. Which, again, makes it feel more like a dream, like when you want to scream, but you can't. Yes. You know? Yeah. Dude, that scene where they're on the beach... Oh, my gosh. ...is so it disorienting. Was it yeah. was so perfect because you see their friend walking from behind them yeah, it's at Yara. first. Yara. And you're like, okay, that's weird. But then you see another person coming to frame in the water and it's Yara. Yeah, Yara's in the water like, like yelling back to him. Okay, and she's talking so you know the other one in white is not her. But then like Greg turns around and can't see her. Yeah. So the only person who could see her has her back to her. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. That it's that so scene is well just done. so tense and perfect. And then that's also the scene where they all learn, yes, it is there. We just can't and see it's it. It's invisible yeah. and stuff too. I'm going to tell you what, too, man. After, like, spending last night, like, I started this movie around 11.30 last night. Mm-hmm. So by the time I finished, it was, you know, 2 or something like that. Right. And I had to go and let the dog out. Yeah, it was you. Down let here in downtown uh-huh. Knoxville. Uh, Kate was already asleep. It made for a very tense walk. I bet. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> Just like, huh? Dude, yeah. Constantly looking over the shoulder. And also, too, like, last night, there was nobody out on oh. the streets last night. Ooh. So it's like, anytime I did see somebody from yeah. a distance... It was tense, at, yeah, like how uh-huh. God is watching us, dude. It made me nervous as fuck just going out. Like I was, I was totally like asking the dog if she wanted to go out, and I was like, I really hope you don't want to. Yeah. And then she got out of bed, and I was like, God damn it. You know what though? Just <laughs> to make sure your dog could see it, you should have had sex with your dog before you took her on a walk. Then I'd have been yeah. safe. Yeah, because she would have been like, I see that thing. <laughs> also, it was weird that you had sex with me. <laughs> I just want people to know. You know, what did you think about the pacing of the movie? I did notice that it was kind of slow this time. Okay. It's a little bit of a slow movie. I, uh, yeah, I think, I think it plays out in a way that never lets you know how intense it's going to get. Yeah. Like you're lulled into security even like seconds after having seen the thing. Like the moment that they're no longer inside of the thing, it's kind of like, oh, okay. But, like, it's constantly pursuing them. Yeah. But it's still not hitting you. But I think that's because of, like, the dreamlike quality of it, where you're able to easily forget what just happened seconds ago, and then it's happening again, and you're like, oh, right, yeah, they're being chased by a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of scenes of them just kind of, like, waiting for it to catch up to them. Yeah. Which I understand Which I would are, never do. <laughs> right. Why yeah. wait? Why wait? But at the same at the same time, it's like, well, it is having to walk on foot, I guess. Yeah. To to get to them, so they are having to literally just sort of wait until it shows up. Like after they go out to that um kind of that that beach house sort of area, it seems like they're just kind of like waiting around forever for it to show up. Yeah. And there are a lot of shots of them just like sitting around on chairs, just chillaxing. Like yeah, yeah, just chilling. But I don't know. Like I never got especially bored. But I could also understand people being like, "Yeah, it was kind of slow." Yeah, it's an hour forty. I mean, it maybe could have been a little bit shorter. And just, I don't know if it would have made it better though. I, yeah, I don't know that it would improve it. I mean, I I could see if somebody has that complaint, but it's also like, yeah. I mean, it's a slower movie. That's fine. It can be a slower movie and be good. But whenever it is slower like that, it makes the moments where there are intense scenes More like intense. let's say the kills and stuff yeah. like that dude whenever she goes into greg's house and she's like yelling for him and oh, the man. entity as his mom is like banging on the door just relentlessly and then it kind of looks, looks at her, her like oh it's fucking it just you goes back to banging it, yeah. the thing is is like whenever it looks at her it's almost like it knows who she is right like and is like irritated next. by her yeah but <laughs> at the same time knows that it can't go after her because that's it has not to how follow the rules, the rules. yeah yeah and dude, whenever she opens that door and attacks Greg, what, what the, the fuck? fuck is going on? Okay, so I'm pretty sure that a bunch of cum comes out of his hand or, or something. Or her hand. Or I don't know what's hand? happening. And Which again, her- to me, seems like a very, like, very fucking Freudian. This yes. guy is being fucked to death by his mother yes. who's, like, jizzing on him. Yeah. 
what the fuck is going on? It was very here? dreamlike and weird, and didn't um, doesn't even try to make sense. Yeah, didn't or even try to happening. like give you some sort of feeling of like, I know why this just happened. Yeah, well, because the thing is, too, is like follow up on it. No, yeah, not at all. Because like ultimately, at the end of the day, the thing disguised as this guy's mom, which is disgusting and fucked up. Uh-huh. Is kind of like dry humping him to death, uh-huh. and like you said, looks like just has like goo all over him, and also that, that like her crotch looks like it's yeah damp and stuff yeah. as she's like dry humping him. That wouldn't kill you. How th- would you die from that? I, Other than just being like, "Mom, this is terrifying," and having a heart attack and dying. I mean, at times it seems like they're supposed to be representative of like extreme sexuality, but uh-huh. at other times it's just like a tall dude or a kid, yeah, or just somebody you know or one of your friends, yeah. But it seems like in the moments closest to the kill, it becomes this like gross thing that's just like oozing liquids. And yeah, stuff. always. Yeah, yeah. Which is why liquids and water become so gross to her. And by the end, the pool is empty. That like throughout, there's just yeah. like theme of liquids and water being this gross product of the kill. Uh huh. Yeah. And it's not even just that the pool is empty. It looks like somebody has like plowed through yeah, the plowed pool. Yeah, plowed through it, just destroyed it's it. It's like ruined. Yeah. It'll never be the same again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. again might be that like sexual expectation versus sexual reality. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially uh, as a teenager, I'll tell you this. Teenagers can have sex all they want, but it's bad. It's not good sex. <laughs> They're just bad you at it. You gotta practice. Yeah. You get better <laughs> at it eventually, but yeah. I, I'm just saying like, yeah, the expectation versus reality when you're that young is really just like, oh, it's not as big a deal as everybody said it was, yeah. but it's also like, it's work. Like, to make it good is work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about the special effects in this movie? Because it's not exactly a special effects fest. It's not. It's not. And... um what do I mean? What do we got? We got the the blood in the pool. Yeah, whatever yeah. the fuck is going the blood on there. On the invisible person, like, and the the fake rain, which was terrible. The but. fake rain looks like a sci-fi channel effect, and yeah. that just should have been left out. But That's I've one of those seen, things I've I'll seen say. That in even more expensive movies, and seen that in more totally. expensive television shows. I so mean, yeah, I don't it, it looks like them, damn but deep blue sea or something. It's weird yeah. that you couldn't catch rain in Michigan. In Michigan, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is like even the fact that it's like raining outside of that pool and stuff, yeah. it doesn't even matter because yeah, it's not like they that go happening? outside. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, e- yeah, they could have just cut that. Uh, not the that. blood stuff looks fine though. Blood I mean, stuff looks fine. It I doesn't think. look great. It just looks fine. The scenes when it's where in like, the pool, it looks cool. Yeah. When it's on the exterior, like when it's like an invisible person with blood, uh-huh. that looks. Eh. The pool scenes were all very let the right one in. Yes, they to were. Me. Like, uh, there's actually so. a shot very specifically that looks like Ellie and uh, what's his name talking. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's um, our main character Jay and I think Paul talking think next so. to the pool, and the shot looks just exactly like let the right one in. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but again, that's something that it's a it's a deeper cut. Where people aren't going to immediately recognize it, but if they're horror fans, they're going to be either, like, first comfortable with it because they know Let the Right One In, or they're going to recognize it and have a positive association with it rather than be like, oh, they just ripped off Let the Right One In. It's like, oh, that looks so much like 
this great shot and let the right one in, but it's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a quick PS. Did I mention how great that car crash scene was where she crashes Holy in the cornfield? Holy shit. It's like that POV dashboard yes. cam. It looks fucking Yes, it does. Great. Very convincing uh-huh. crash scene. Yeah, even like the ending of this movie where she's in the pool and you got like the, the TVs and shit getting thrown in there. They, yeah. I thought they looked a little cheap. Like a it seems bit. like there was probably a way they could have done that. Like by having somebody in a fucking, you know, full full body green suit actually yeah. pick up the objects and throw them and then digitally right. take them out or whatever. That would have looked better. Like it, it was very obviously an effect. Yeah. Whenever you're seeing that stuff. So I'll say that was like a minor thing. It didn't really like take me out of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it's not a big deal. But it didn't look fantastic to me and even that whole plan of like we'll lure it into this gigantic <laughs> pool and then throw all these things in here and electrocute it or whatever uh is kind of dumb but it's also like this is a bunch of kids with yeah. no parents around like and there's, dude, there's like, no cops there's no parents there's no nothing if it's that dreamlike logic yeah it's fine like i i know i've had dreams where in my dreams we have a plan like me and whoever we have this plan and we're gonna we know it's gonna work, but like in the dream, all I know is that a plan exists and that it's gonna work. Like it's yeah. not really like about the this plan itself. Plan. It's just the the knowledge of having the plan or whatever. I I think I think yeah. Just the fact is, their kids are gonna have a stupid plan. It's probably not gonna work. But it's also what I was saying the the meeting of her dad and a pool, which are two things that are super important to her in this dream logic maybe not in reality maybe in reality she doesn't even think about her dad in connection to the pool but in this dream logic that's playing throughout the movie those are two things she's associating well, there, and so the climax has yeah. to have them right? well there also could be again some kind of deeper freudian thread running through here where i mean we talked about already that greg got basically fucked to death by his mom uh-huh and then at the end of the movie here, we have Jay in the pool, which again, the pool and water might represent her expectations of sexuality right. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that's wrapped up in her vision of her dad and stuff. Right. There might be some kind of really deep fucking Freudian yeah, thing going on Yeah, some sort of electric complex she wants to fuck her dad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That might be going on here, but it's really fucking hard to say. It is, and, and that's... The fun of the movie, I think, because I think the movie too. has so many like obvious uh, moments where the d- director, writer, David Robert Mitchell was like, I want this in there because it connects to these other things, but it doesn't have to have a definite meaning at the end of the day. It just has so much meaning throughout, like within its own logic, within its own consistency, it has meaning, but it doesn't have to have an overall like this is the life lesson i take away from it follows yeah because i don't think there is one i think what it follows is saying is like man dreams are fucking crazy right yeah and when you're young and dealing with these issues these are the types of things that you are are focused on and dealing with and we all go through it yeah i think so too man it's such an original feeling flick to me like even though like we said it does pay homage so much oh, to yeah. so many things to me at the same time this is a very original premise for a movie mm-hmm. and ultimately at the end of the day it's like you could you could you know square this away and be like well the premise is you have sex you die that's every 80s slasher right in a lot of ways but it's like no it's not really that it really isn't that yeah. and i think it handles it in such a cool way that is 
nostalgic without mm-hmm. just playing the member berries game. Yeah. It is dreamlike without being complete Lynch nonsense. Like, what the fuck yeah. did I just watch? I it think it also does has so that well, Lynch man. thing of having uh, all these attractive girls and uh, kind of strange looking <laughs> yeah. dudes. Weird, goofy looking guys. Yeah. That is kind of his thing. Yeah, that is a Lynchian thing. (laughs) And even like some of the acting and stuff to me is very Lynchy. Where it's like it's not super emotional, deep, complicated acting. A lot of it's very simple and strange. Mm Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it works, man. I can understand you? why people wouldn't like this flick. At the at the end of the day, and like my, kind of my final oh, thoughts about sure. it and stuff, like I know why people wouldn't like this. I think if you're trying to watch this as a very literal movie and you're like, it's Halloween. Why are they in a pool? How come she's wearing a coat now when she's wearing a swimsuit yeah, earlier? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Then it doesn't make sense. Nah. But that's not what this movie is, you know? I think that it is so consistently inconsistent, to use that phrase we used earlier, as a means of showing you that this is just this big swimming pool of thoughts in this person's head that they're going through in their dreams. They're remembering things from their childhood. They're remembering things from hap- that happened to them earlier that day. They're thinking about their present with their boyfriend and girlfriend. They're thinking about their future. I think that it's all just the shit swimming around in this girl's head. Yeah. And that's just all that the movie is to me. I agree. I uh, I I think it's better because of that. Me too. I think it's better because it never tries to have a real world application. I mean, dude, thank fucking God the last shot of the movie was not her waking up in bed next to... No, that would have sucked. That would have yeah. been like, oh, if it God, been like, it was a dream. Yeah, I yeah. don't want it to be obvious. I want it to be dream logic throughout so that it's like, Oh, okay. I see. Which what you're also doing like too that. What's the director's name? Uh, David Robert Mitchell. Ah, oh, dude. Uh, also, P.S. He is definitely going to try to assassinate a political figure. Oh yeah, later three in his names. Life. Three names. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a, an assassin <laughs> in the making. But I like the fact that that he knew. It's like, yeah, if I spelled it out that way at the end, people would know what yeah. this was. But he was like, also that would cheapen the entire thing. So it I'm would. Not yeah. Do it. I, and I meant to what he has another movie called Under the Silver Lake, which I've never is seen like any of his. Other uh, it's like a noir sort of thing, maybe. Okay. Like from reading it, it uh, not not reminded me by story, but reminded me by feel of Brick. Okay, I don't love oh, Brick. I hate Brick. I, dude. I'm not a big fan. Such of Such a fucking pretentious, stupid but, movie. Uh, I, I am interested in watching it. it has Andrew Garfield. Okay. Uh, so I'm interested in future things he has in the pipe because I, I really liked this. For oh sure. yeah, no, I hope that we get more from this guy. I hope that he does some more horror flicks and stuff. So we can see his uh, his outlook on other things. So what's uh, what's your score on this, Ben? Dude, what I think th- this to me, I think is probably an eight and a half. I okay. think this is a very fucking yeah. strong movie. I think that, like we said, if you're a fan of horror flicks, you'll appreciate it for yeah. its homages. If you're not, it won't bother your enjoyment of this movie. No, not what's yeah. I this is one of those I I would say like if if I'm trying to get uh, a younger person into horror movies, say somebody in their 20s, I would say this is, this is the type of movie to watch. Well, and also, too, to show, like, crabby old fucks that, like, there's still good horror movies being yeah. made. Yeah. This Though is This is one. something I can imagine crabby old fucks not liking. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. too, I suppose. And, dude, the soundtrack, I can't stress it enough. The oh, soundtrack so of this movie fucking takes it to another level. It really does. This with a different soundtrack would oh, not... Yeah be nearly as impactful I can imagine as it is. The, yeah a different soundtrack actually hurting this movie a totally. lot totally yeah and also too I love that there was also not soundtrack all the time like some of the really suspenseful yeah, parts really quiet in this at times. like I think the scene where um is his name Greg is being attacked by his mom yeah 
I think there's no yeah, soundtrack. I don't believe there was part. any soundtrack. It was just like the knocking, dun 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 dun. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. And, and it made you more like, what the steps? fuck is yeah. happening at this point? Yeah, rather than being reminded, you're watching a movie. There's soundtrack, right. you know. Uh, it just let the visual speak for itself. So yeah, very well placed, very well used soundtrack that I think sets the tone for this so well. And uh, yeah, I, I really dig it. And the cinematography, dude. I don't know if we oh. even mentioned. Oh yeah, we the didn't. influences of that. Yeah, there's there's a. a, a photographer named gregory crudson look him up yeah look at his photography Let's put some stills on instagram we will because his photography is the inspiration for a lot of the look of the film and you yeah. would think like it's carpenter it's all these other directors we've mentioned you see gregory crudson photography you will see it follows like, oh yeah it looks so much like you it. just showed me a few pictures before yeah. we started recording and it's all this yeah. like very intimate domestic yeah you know, you're in a house, you're yeah. in a familiar location. And the colors and things are all similar, but it's also way, that dreamlike quality to it yeah, totally. and the wide shots. Yep. Like he'll have this shot that's like you see an entire living room from like a distance and it's like isolated by itself with these people in it. Yeah. And and it, it's got so much of the it follows yeah, to it. Yeah, so definitely a huge influence on this. Yeah, yeah cinematography is great. I can't believe how cheap this was. <laughs> yeah. 1.3 million dollars. 1.3 million, insane. 2 million overall budget that they had to do, you know, some a few reshoots and yeah. things, but not not really anything Watch big. this, you know, streaming or on physical media in as high of a quality as you can. Yeah, because it looks gorgeous. Dude, especially like the nighttime shots yes. and stuff are lit so fucking well uh, the, it's the absolutely shots gorgeous with her with the door open in the back of the car just like you know playing with that oh, flower yeah. and stuff oh, they're right. so perfectly like set up i i love it yeah man i i think at the end of the day for me that this is uh this is a, a great movie i love the look of it i love the feel of it i i love the casting i think the kids all do a great job. They're yeah, not totally. kids even though. Like these, these are all, they found young looking mid 20 year olds. <laughs> like, totally. Surprisingly, Olivia Lucardi, who plays Yara is like 30. Whoa. Like, not, not in the movie, but this was only like four Which, years again, ago. Kind of adds to the ago. dream feel of this too. Cause you're like, how old are these people? Yeah. What year is this? What season is this? I like, know. Everything's ambiguous. Yeah. So like it just so perfectly put together and done for, uh, uh, overly modest budget i for me this this is like you said 8.5 yeah. to 9 like this yeah. is this is one of those more perfect recent movies it goes right up there with say i mean it's i, I think the witch is better i think black coat's daughter is better but uh -huh. I, I think it follows is like right up there oh yeah this is in top movies. five top ten of, yeah. of the whole like 2000s era oh, yeah, of so is better for sure uh, I like but, this better than the Babadook because yeah, it's just more I, fun I was to watch. Say, this is one, yeah, this is the one. This is one that maybe people would like more than Babadook because Babadook has the annoying kid, and it's real. It's a grind of a watch where this is less of a grind, more of a like dreamlike, fun at times, funny, interesting, but also horror. Yeah, like very horror. So yeah, I, I love this movie. Awesome, man. Yeah, I've been wanting to talk about this since we started the show, so I'm yeah, glad thanks, that we finally got around to, to uh, the people who suggested this. Uh, I know Kalani did, and... Oh, That's right. Fuck. This is a Patreon suggestion, yeah, wasn't it? The person we pulled, Austin Green. Austin Green. That was it. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you guys want to help drive the car and point this uh, this show in the direction that you want it to go, you guys can join up on the Patreon page. Yeah. Uh, we have like a one, a three, and a five dollar level. If you join up at the five dollar level, you can put in a movie. Yeah. you want to hear reviewed on the show and we draw those 
from a hat uh the every what is it fourth episode of every month yeah fourth episode of every month so we we do it every month so far it has been, been great a choices blast. like yeah. even the stuff that we didn't know has been fun to cover so like Go Keep on them there, coming. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Become a $5 patron. We, we're very interested in covering these movies. So I, I, uh, been next week. It's the beginning of March. That's I've right. been wanting to do this movie. Okay. For women's month for a long time. That's right. Ginger snaps. I have never seen this movie okay. and I have this no idea what it's you about. Might, you might not like when you okay. watch it. All right. It's possible you won't like it. Uh, but it is a movie that I think if you look at it in context of its time, very important and good. It's a good movie. I'll keep that in mind whenever I watch it next week for the show. That's going to be a fun one. I always look forward to getting into some flicks that I've never seen before and have no idea yeah. about, you know? So Yeah, I won't, I won't tell you anything about it. Okay, well, that'll definitely be a fun yeah. one. Yeah, you guys be sure to go and check out that Patreon page. Rate and review on iTunes or whatever other podcast service you use. And we also start up this new thing now, too, where if you go in there and write a review, uh, keep it G-rated so it'll get posted. And also post a question that you guys want to ask us at the end of the episode. And we'll do that on another FAQ installment sometime as part of the Preview Palace. First time we did it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. There's been a couple more good, fun yeah. suggestions that people have put up. So be sure to go on iTunes, rate and review, and post a question at the end that you guys want us to answer at the end of the show. It can be uh, anything. It doesn't have to be just horror movie related. Just ask us anything, and we will answer it on a future episode of the show. International listeners, we have decided that if you want to order a shirt, Go ahead and order a shirt. We will send it to you for $7.50 shipping and handling. That's the same amount that we charge our American listeners. Uh, we will be making less on the shirts, but we don't really care. We just want to get you. you a shirt. Yeah. So if, it, you, if you feel bad about it, be sure to put up pictures of yourself wearing it on social media yeah, and tag the go. podcast and tell everybody how it's your fucking favorite show ever. Yeah, that's cool. School with us. So, if you're an international listener, you want a shirt, just go ahead, email us at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com with That's your right. order. Uh, it will be the same price that it's been for all of our listeners here in America, which is $32.50. That's shipping, shirt, everything. Helps we'll us get out. it out to you. It That's helps right. us out. And, uh, you know, my, my friends at the post office miss me, I'm sure. All right. They need some visits. They do. They need a reason to see you. <laughs> So, yeah, guys, be sure to do that. Follow us on uh, Instagram, social media of all kinds. Yeah, at Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we got a Discord. We got uh, YouTube. It's youtube.com forward slash dead and lovely. Right. Facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely. If you're looking for us, we're at dead and lovely somewhere. You can find us. Yeah, be sure to check that out. And be sure to tune into the show next week to hear us review Ginger Snaps. It's going to be a lot of fun. I look yeah. forward to getting into it. And drink some more good old beers by our friends that have sent them in to us. I'm picking up a, a new shipment of goodies from Jeff. Yeah. Uh, I think they actually arrived at the shop last week, but I didn't go in because it was snowing okay. here in Tennessee. So uh, this week I'm going to go pick up a new shipment of beers Sweet. from Jeff. We have so many in. beers. Yeah, we're kind of building up a little yeah. backlog here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we got to work our way through these. So I'm looking forward to these next couple episodes because that's a good time to get a pull. Yeah, it is. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Rate and view on iTunes. You guys have been fantastic. We've been dead and lovely. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. 
Now, Steve, considering just a second ago you were talking about your, your doctor's health uh-huh. advice, yes, you were talking about entering into a state of ketosis yes, where sir. your body produces ketones. Ketones. What do you have to do in order for your body to start producing boss tones? <laughs> okay. Well, you have to first never knock on wood. Right. If, yeah, you, yeah. if you have knocked on wood, you cannot create boss tones. No boss tones no. after that. Okay. Uh, and you really, like, I think... The next time you drive past a cement truck, just get out and gargle some of it. Yeah. <laughs> I never had to knock on wood. 